Hey, y'all. Scotty Real. And the dude here. And we just want to shout out to our crew of listeners, growers, cannabis professionals, and recreational tokers. Otherwise known as the Dude Grows Crew. Who every week come through solid and donate their hard-earned money to produce this show. It's the support from our listeners that directly produces the Dude Grow Show and keeps the unbiased grow knowledge pumping out week after week after week, guys. You are the DGC, and there's strength in numbers. So please show us some love and help produce the next show by going to dudegrows.com and making a small donation. Respect. Come on, brother. Let's get high and start the show. Yeah. You're listening to the Dude Grow Show, coming straight out of Denver, Colorado, bringing you marijuana grow knowledge, news, and culture. At the tone, the time will be 4.20. Exactly. What's up, guys? Episode of 47, Dude Grow Show. How you hanging, Mr. Real? Yeah, man, I'm hanging green and mean. I'm going to I'm gonna do Scotty today. I did Mr. Real, I believe, episode 46. I got to keep alternating. Please, call me Scotty. If you guys don't know, Dude Grow Show, coming at you out of Denver, mile high in many ways. And uh, yeah, man, top-notch podcast here that helps you grow your own marijuana. That's what we're about pushing damn straight so it's gonna be interesting obviously things are ever changing in our world between uh legalization and growing and uh man just the whole movement it's it's awesome i think alaska's up next man i think they might be the third state it's an evolution man i got a new one it's a grow illusion <laughs> oh jesus <laughs> we'll, have to, we'll have to look and see if uh i didn't even check i wonder if they're allowing you to grow in alaska within the, the legalization i'm hoping thought you were always allowed to grow in Alaska. Yeah, that's going to be my political comments for the show is if your state isn't allowing you to grow, don't vote for that law. Like you guys should everybody should be able to grow this plant if you if you prefer. Yeah, man. I mean, some of these laws seem to be about allowing clearing the way for Monsanto to grow your weed for you, man. Oh, man. I just threw up in my mouth a little bit. Ooh, Monsanto, man. Uh, great show today, guys. We got what's growing on, of course, coming up. That's where we just BS about what's growing on in our uh, growing lives. Damn d- straight, man. We try I, not, I've been doing some thinking, too, man. Try not to overuse the adjective, <laughs> the adjective grow here, but it's super easy in this, this arena, <laughs> if you will. Uh, we got a featured product of the show today, Recharge. We haven't really dissected our, our, our product of the show with the formulator, Mr. Real, here uh, in a while. So we want to get after the Recharge, the all-in-one beneficial inoculant. Uh, what Hell we're smoking, yeah, man. man. News, culture, and then I got, man, I think seven or eight Grow Talk questions. We're getting the questions off of DudeGrows.com, guys. It's all in one place now. It's fabulous. Yeah, man. So, so that's that's the place, DudeGrows.com. We appreciate all the love while we got that site going, man. Yes, I do got to give a, a, a shout-out um, to a few people that have been subscribing. Much appreciated, guys. 
your support is helping as we speak. So uh, check out if you go on, like I said, again, if you want to get a hold of us, dudegrows.com, and you have a uh, contact, ask, ask Dude and Scotty, I think is what yep. it is. Absolutely. Click on that. It'll come right to both of us, and we're moving ahead in the world. <laughs> so uh, let's get into In uh, our own stoned pace, man. So <laughs> much love to everyone yes. that, that, that caught that mistake last time, man. Scotty Real was smoking weed and uh, assembling the show last week. So if you caught my fuck up, appreciate it. <laughs> We are we are getting on top of it. We do have a I don't know if we can say an intern. We'll call it a production assistant. Now officially third person helping out. So once they're sure. they're done, they're just gonna be top notch guys. Yeah. Uh, Note to Scotty: Don't smoke weed with the production assistant man, <laughs> while training her, man. Um, before we get into what's growing on, a couple shout outs, of course. Way to grow. Uh, yeah, man. Six six locations, soon to be seven in Colorado, up in Silverthorne. Uh, great store, uh, great place for the Dude Grow Show to record. So big ups, big ups for Way to Grow. Yeah, Check as them a matter out. of fact, Way to Grow is um, we're getting some new background in our in our uh, studio. We're getting some extraction equipment there. So some I get ovens. Yeah, they've got some some uh, vacuum ovens, and they've got some. Uh, I think they might even have a regular extraction unit, but all that silicon and everything, silicone, whatever. <laughs> But you know, you know, stuff for dabs, man. And uh, hey, man, I just know those guys know how to buy stuff right, and I know they know how to uh, uh, do a decent job with re- or do a great job with retail. I'll say so. Go check it out, man. If you're into dabs and well, you'll, silicone, you'll be able to check it out soon because we are working. We are going to have don't some say cameras it. soon. Don't say it soon. So therefore, you'll be how able to soon? see where we're recording, and I will put product right in front of your face. Yeah. So that's going to be pretty sweet. Uh, you know, CanFan out there, uh, awesome. Shout out to CanFan, Hortilux, products I've been using for over a decade before I even knew what a pod, before even a podcast probably existed. When's the true. first podcast existed? You know, it's funny. It just, uh, uh, the guys from the No Agenda show, they actually invented the podcast that one dude did, one of the hosts. Really? There. Yep. He's called The Podfather. And the it was Podfather. right Come about on. 10 years ago. I think they just had the 10 year anniversary of the first podcast. Gotcha. It's kind of cool, All man. Right. Is uh, I hear some buzz about podcasts lately, man. Like I think they're starting to catch on. Cool, cool. Yeah, it's pretty neat. I'm enjoying it. I love listening to them, and I love doing this one. Hell yeah! All right. Well, that, that's. Oh, I, I'm almost forgetting. I do want to say, if you do make it to any of those way to grows, be sure to use the dude grows deal. Um, I would say use the bulb deal. Gets you a thousand watt hoardy, hoardy lux. That is for. 60 bucks but all month long here they're selling them for 59 dollars anyway that's a thousand watt uh, hortilux hps is their lighting special and uh yeah hook it up over there use that account if you want to and get a hell of a discount absolutely man and when you're hanging out at your grow store man make sure they know that the dude grow show exists man you know we're pretty popular here in colorado california but the rest of the country a lot of, a lot of folks don't know we're around man so yeah, seattle's kicking seattle's kicking out yeah there in Washington. definitely um, Oregon, true, but I'm just saying, you know, there's you know 40 something other states where you know folks might not have heard of us. So I totally agree. Yeah, it's awesome. It's one of the best thing you could do is spread the word, power the people. Yeah. What's growing on, Scotty? Shit, man, got a bunch growing on, man. Dude, I've got some greenhouse envy, man. Everybody's <laughs> starting to harvest now. I'm the guy with the indoor. I saw man. you had that sample jar. It looked like three or four different kinds. Those all came from greenhouse. Yeah, buddy of mine who's probably been been at it for just a couple years. Once sixty four hit, he decided he was going to uh, you know, really go full force into it. And 
This guy's working with a couple tents indoors to do his breeding. And then um, this, uh, this is uh, our buddy with the uh, Harbor Freight Greenhouse, remember? Yeah. Yeah, so he spent, you know, six, eight hundred bucks. I think he spent a few hundred bucks on nutrients. And, man, did he fucking yield. Yielded a, a granddaddy perp that tastes so goddamn good. As a matter of fact, we're going to be smoking some in just a few, man. For once, I'm, I'm going to be busting the dank out. All right. Yeah, Bring I mean, it. it's and it was kind of cool. He put them in the ground. He actually just dug out the ground, amended the soil in the ground. That shitty Colorado soil, too. Man, if you can do that, that's the way way to go for sure. I've definitely seen over at uh, one of our listeners' greenhouse, they went in ground, amended with, like, you know, manure and fit, all kinds of good amendment in there. Right. A bunch of recharge and... His stalks, man. Dr. J's stalks were like, 11, how many inches in diameter? That's I think it was crazy. like 14. Not not diameter, circumference. Meaning that if you, ra- if you wrap the uh, tape measure around the stalk, 14 inches. I mean, I'm in 20 gals outdoors, which are way too small. I'm, it's almost like sometimes on a hot day treating them like uh, this past summer, like an NFT system. You're like, damn, my mouth will just set, set these up on an automatic drip that won't be overwatered. They just keep taking it up. Yeah. But that's because I could not go in ground. So, but uh, yeah. Just so did the that greenhouse grower use any light depth? He just went with the natural sun. Just natural sun, and yeah, I think he did. I want to say five plants. I want to say there was a flow, a flow, uh, a flow OG, which is by Rare Dankness, which is fucking unbelievable, man. As you about to find flow out, OG did a, a CBD crew. Would that like, be flog? <laughs> it's a it's a flog. Um. Yeah, but just some some really good stuff, man. Uh, trying to think what else, man. But man, just awesome. So yeah. that Granddaddy Perp is a favorite of mine. The Flow OG is a favorite. The straight up Flow is delicious. So that's what kind of weed I'm smoking, homie. But anyway, man, just was, checked out his greenhouse and just what he did off of five plants, man. I mean, it's so freaking cool, man. And no light, hardly any equipment, a couple hundred bucks in nutrients, ton of recharge and. That shit came out so delicious, oh, yeah. man. Mother Nature. Yeah, man. So it's got me starting to think, man. I I want a light depth greenhouse. If I do one, I'm putting it in the full sun, and I'm doing light deprivation. So I started thinking, I don't know, man. You really think you need a fancy auto shade? I think you could use a freaking garage door opener, man. No, no, because this is what's growing on, Scotty. So we'll, we'll tie it in because mine, you probably saw in my show notes here, my, my growing on is greenhouse planning, and I thought about this, too. Outdoors, it's like, it, it can be a bitch. You know, this year I had uh, put up polycarbonate, kind of like a hail guard uh, and rain guard, so I could have somewhat of a controlled environment. That way I don't have to worry about hail and heavy rainstorms on fat flowers. And veg and mid-flower rain, the plants can handle it fine. But once you get the, the end of flowering and you get that potential three-, four-day rain event, you get real paranoid about bud rot and all that shit. Yeah, man. but bottom line is where my spot is. I run out of light too. The exposure at this point of the year, the sun keeps getting setting more in the southern sky with winter coming. And I mean, I got lighting. I got three six hundreds and a thousand watt right now outside uh, over my plants because they're only getting about half of the canopies getting the sun. So I was like, screw it, dude. I got to get a real deal greenhouse. Uh, so I'm in the planning for that, and I'm talking like a, you know a foundation probably the radiant like type heat running because i want my containers sitting on a warm floor like that'll just make them go fucking crazy with sure. all the uh microbe life and living soil and then the rigid sidewalls you know some power vents all, all the whole nine yards 
and I was thinking about it, and it's like sometimes people are like, that's kind of crazy because it's, that's a good investment, maybe ten to $15,000 or something. And then I was thinking, well, here in Colorado, it's a great addition to a home anyway. When you put that house on the market to sell or rent, hell yeah, growers are going to come out of the woodwork, man. There's a, if there's one thing there's a lack of in real estate here, it's grow-friendly real estate and, that, and houses that actually have a good area, totally unfinished basement, a greenhouse, for example. But to get to your auto shade... I thought about that. That adds a whole lot of expense. Uh, heaven forbid, it's a pretty mechanical thing. You have issues with it and shit. That would totally suck. But w- you can get still at least a couple options. Two harvests is what I'm I'm assuming. I'm no pro at the outdoor yet, but um, harvest is just about happening now across Colorado, you know, and out in Cali. Sure. But this is the, for us. This is the main harvest, and we're not growing again till next summer. But so if I was harvesting out of my greenhouse right now, which just ran totally on the natural light cycle, and I were to pull some 20 gals out of my veg room that were ready to flower and threw them right in there, I think I'd have enough time to get a whole nother flower cycle, right? We'd have um, all of November, almost all of December. December 21st is the solstice, I believe. Oh, yeah. That's when the sun angle starts to change again. So having a greenhouse where you could have six plants completely legally in 30 to 40 gallon containers and get two harvests out of that through the year is like dude you're set to jet i mean most people listening should know that if you're growing outdoors and you're people that are worried about like i don't have enough plant count it's like come on man have you seen what these plants can do that's all i'm gonna say about that sure sure man the worst thing you gotta worry about outdoors is your shit getting ganked you know yeah there's that too of course i mean it's definitely uh it's definitely paranoia. We can definitely talk to a few people about that when you have a greenhouse sitting close to a major road, somebody I know, as well as... Uh, oh, it happened a lot, man. I mean, I, I know a lot of people that either got their crops stolen. Really? Yep. This season? Yep. I mean, at from the, their, their, were they, like, growing remotely? Uh, one was growing remotely. The other one just came out and uh, saw that somebody had, had chopped half of one of his trees down. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I do. I do. I do remember that event. Yeah, we'll hold all the details for security reasons. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that yeah, it, a greenhouse would be way more uh, secure as well. And uh, plus, I'm on, I'm on a plan on hopefully doing one big enough to where I'm also going to have you know I'll have some hanging baskets in there, some edible mysterium flowers, and some microgreens, and I'm going to have some other shit going on there. You know, a little education area for my kids, etc. So. Yeah, I can't wait till weed is just one of the things we're growing in the greenhouse. There's my tomatoes, there's my peppers, there's my weed. That's the way it's interesting looking at the younger generation because where my my side garden is, basically, it can be, you got to walk around to, uh, let me sum it up here. My children can walk by plants outside, not even, it's nothing to them. It's sure. not, you know, we, they haven't been. My wife could walk by the plants outside at your place because they blend right into the other stuff that's growing. Actually, one of my neighbors cut through when I was mowing the backyard to get a hold of me. And I was like, this was a couple years ago when I wasn't. Yeah, I was still more paranoid than I am now as each year goes on. He didn't even notice. He was, I was like, dude, you, you just walked by five weed plants. Yeah, <laughs> and eight or nine pepper plants, you know, and a couple hops. But I want to clarify, I mean, according to the law, my stuff is out of sight and locked away. But in the occurrence that, you know, my uh, son needs to turbo to the front yard, he cuts through part of the other yard, He doesn't. it doesn't matter, he doesn't care, he doesn't recognize that as anything. He's like, those are the plants that my dad takes care of. 
you know. So I mean, a big thing about weed is that it, you were cool if you could get the good weed. You know, when you take that away from, you know, whatever from that culture where good weed's just available now, and all of a sudden it becomes a lot less cool to I think the kids. Yeah, for one, when it's totally legal and a lot of people are doing it, it's not like yeah, you scored a. I, I totally get what you're saying. You're you're making it more part of everything that's going on and that's how I plan on you know continuing to raise my children as far as treating it not exactly like alcohol but not being like oh my gosh don't ever do that right so but regardless the greenhouse is the way to go man when you see the yield you can get off of the sun guys and think about if you're thinking about a real deal greenhouse investment think about how much you're going to save on electricity over time how much lights you still probably I'm still going to buy try and get some gavitas up in that bitch um, you know, some supplemental, maybe two or three, but, uh, how much money you spend on, let's say I'll be able to produce like what, a, maybe what a 10 lighter would do. How much is that a cost to set up a lot of money and you got to keep paying to run that constantly. It's a big expensive bill to mimic mother nature indoors. Hell so, yeah. Yeah. That's what somebody was say, uh, saying that, oh, well they just threw a couple plants out in California and they just let their sprinklers go on them and they bought shit from home Depot and they got great yield out of it. Yeah. Well, uh, I bet, man, because they have, uh, you know, to, to replicate that growing system, you're going to need plasma lights and, you know what I mean, all sorts of crazy stuff. You've got the sunlight there, man. Yeah, exactly. You've got, think about all the fans you would have to use to get that kind of wind, you know, constant wind going. Think about all the beneficials that they've got going in their soil and all the, you know, all the beneficial bugs that come around to keep everything in check. My question is, do you ever think we'll get enough people growing their own to where you don't have those concerns that you have a valuable crop where you're like, man, somebody's going to steal my outdoor. You know, when I have my driveways full of peppers and tomatoes, I'm certainly not concerned that somebody's going to come overnight and take all my veggies. Right. I think we'll get to that point. Um, it won't be totally devalued by any means, but I'm thinking we'll get to that point someday. Yeah, and as much as the people that are making a living on that right now don't want that to happen. I know, it's like... Man, that's that's their bread and butter, right? Yeah, enjoy it, man. You guys got a few years, man. <laughs> Still got some money, brother. Hey, the, the, let's cut real quick then into the market report. I've I've heard that the uh, you know, the the drought in Cali can be a little bit harsh on you know because California is a supply for that a lot of parts of the nation, according from what I understand. Right. I read an article in uh, I think it was the Colorado or something that said you'd be surprised that a lot of the pot here comes from california outdoor harvest because we're not meeting demand with our growers wow and it's like yeah you know they got some stuff going on but this year they're saying that that drought really affected you know picture the outdoor grower that relied on the stream that isn't there and that was his only source of water for his slow down spot yeah no joke so um that'll be interesting interesting to see if how that affects price but in the long run i think we talked about it on the other show i mean Colorado just gave out, I think, 38 more licenses this month. So they're saying once that harvest comes in, expect the price to drop. They're saying like a thousand a pound. So, um, yeah, basically, getting that going on. I want the price to come down. It's better, better for everybody to have the price come down on her brother there ain't nothing you can do from keeping that price from falling man the more popular it gets the more it's a basic supply and demand man i'm all for it i see in the uh the recent uh the chronicle which is put out by the westward um every uh, i think it's quarterly by them but there, i did not find i just thumbed through it really quick i didn't find a 99 ounce in there it looks like everybody's bottomed them out at 125 maybe they have a uh 
a little a little meeting. Yeah, they had a meeting, man. A little community meeting for all the dispensary owners and stuff. I mean, obviously they want the price as high as they can to some extent, so everybody in the and everybody in line gets a little bit. Yeah. Hi, I'm from the secret group that controls the government. <laughs> <laughs> so I had somebody uh, get a hold of me. As, this, is, this isn't really grow talk, but came through over uh, on the on the dudegrows.com a question. I wanted to know what your guys' thoughts are on MMJ stocks. I'm seeing them more and more interested in or investing in some of these stocks seems like a smart idea. So by no means are we financial advisors, first off. We are high right now. We're not even financial informants. Yes, exactly. But I can tell you, MMJ stocks, so medical marijuana, even you can call them recreational stocks. There is a lot of shit popping up. Penny stocks in a nutshell, like you got to... Whatever you're putting into it, just plan on it not working out. And if it works out, awesome. That's how I looked at it. I invested in one. Here's a, you'll probably only hear it once. Dude grows stock pick. You ready? Big stock pick. <laughs> MJNA is the, the ticker. And it's at 18 cents now, I think. And uh, yeah, I threw a little bit of money at that. And I, just because I literally looked at all that was out there. And I'm not, I can't even recall why, to tell you the truth. I, when I did all the reading, I'm like, I'll go with this one. So I would say, I would say it's like horse racing, you know, I mean, if you guys got some, sure, dude, pick if you have like, let's say if I had 5,000 extra dollars, I would pick five different penny stocks and throw a thousand at each of them, which is why you don't have 5,000 extra dollars. (laughs) So that's, I mean, there's definitely some stocks out there that I think are going to make people rich for sure. I mean, this, we're talking marijuana here. It's big deal, right? It's going to be at already billion, billions and billions of dollars in this industry. Uh, so yeah, I mean, imagine I picture it like, let's say, um, maybe an analogy is back in the day you and you invested in, uh, Anheuser-Busch, you know, or you invested in even the company that started to have, uh, refrigerated freight cars, which in turn got beer distributed all over a lot fresher. Like there's a lot of angles at this. Yeah, but those are going to be some winners. I don't know, man. Yeah, there are definitely going to be some winners, but why wouldn't they just be big ag companies that are already in agriculture? You don't need to be a new company to grow marijuana and even to process marijuana. You talk about craft foods. You don't think those guys are good at processing uh, corn into chemicals? You know know what they can do with just a corn? They call it a feedstock, you know? It's kind of ridiculous. Yeah, so you don't think that those same guys, when they get their hands on, on... the, the cannabis plant are going to process it into a hundred billion things very efficiently. Why would these, why would you need a new company for that? I don't understand. Yeah, I agree. I mean, the, but not just growers, there's a lot of angles, you know, MMJNA, for example, is they're they're in the, uh, technically they're not even in the, the, none of their products contains THC. They're in the CBD type of marketing business towards you know, all kinds of nutritional supplements and oils and, all kind of that, the things that do work. And so, um, and a lot of these companies aren't into the THC business because of it's still, you know, federally a, a problem. So sure. Do a lot of reading. If you're ready to go into some penny stocks, man, that's my recommendation. Like, like Scotty said, that's why I don't have money. Throw a thousand dollars at every penny stock you can. Right. <laughs> and watch it go down the tubes, man. Invest that thousand dollars in something legit. Go buy yourself two three fifteens with that thousand dollars. There you man. go. Go, <laughs> go buy some grow lights. They're guaranteed to give you some return. Yeah, man. I, I, Until I, the price I, comes down too much. I ain't thinking that this is the best investment of, you know, you really could. I'd rather see somebody throw $1,000 instead of into penny stocks that might yield them. Now, don't don't get me wrong. A penny stock could blow up and go five times. It could go up to a buck. 
Uh, you know, you got 20 cents and it goes up into a buck. You got five times your money. But still, you took that thousand and made it into five thousand. No, thanks. I'll grow weed. <laughs> you know what I mean? How long does it take you to take that thousand, those, those two fifteen, uh, two, two, three hundred fifteen watt lights in your extra bedroom, grow two pounds every 12 weeks? Probably doing OK. My penny stock is going to go to five dollars, Mr. Real. So there. Yeah, That's I'll, how I'll answer you. I'll still make more of my three fifteens, mofo. All right, so let's get into, uh, man, up next, guys. We'll take a quick break here. I don't think we've had a break yet this show. Man, we rambled on a minute there. All right. Yeah, we've just been smoking right along. Uh, we'll do a featured product of the show up next, Recharge. And uh, after that, we still have what we're smoking, news, grow talk, all kinds of goodness. Yeah, all, boy. All kinds of dank, man, dank. All right, we'll be right back, guys, uh, with a heavy discussion on living soil and recharge and beneficials and all it's getting me hot and heavy right now i ain't gonna get too heavy on you man yeah uh-huh. you know how it rolls scotty will start putting on his science cap and i'll have to just tell him to back up and chill out a little bit so brother i'm so high i can barely say microbial man all right we'll be right back guys Peace. So this is Courtney from Colorado. Definitely bigging up the dudes from the Dudo Show. You gotta check them out. Doing this talk with this brother guy, the good essence of, you know what I mean? You definitely want to keep it real. Dudegrows.com. Mendo Dope, Old E, the tree planter, and Pato Banton. We do not sniff the coke. We only smoke and Dedicated to the ganja farmers all over the world. The healing of the nation. Ganja. The cannabis culture. The seed planters who sprout life. Oldie and Pato Banton. Now let me tell you this one story, it was nothing but the truth The first time I done seen the weed, man, I was just a youth This man gave me a seed, said give it water, let it root And you can grow this plant yourself and keep it for personal use So I took it in my hand and headed home to grow this wana I put it in the soil and became a ganja farmer Now everybody smoked it, even President Obama But when it comes to coke, I do not like it, I'm a goner I do not sip the coke, I only smoke I do not sip the coke, I only smoke What's up, guys? We're back with the featured product of the show, Recharge. The all-in-one Mike Obriel. <laughs> now you're just trying, aren't you, brother? Biological inoculant. Guys, the reason I dig it, uh, I've been using it a couple years. If you don't know, here on the show, we talk about shit we use in our own gardens. And Scotty, right. Scotty's the formulator, so that helps. In a nutshell, man, it's got everything you want in it as far as mycorrhizae, bacteria, trichoderma, and I mean, that's what you see in a lot of products, but also you got fulvics, amino acids, kelp, and just everything. And it makes the difference for me, ease of use, and the fact that I can go to one bottle instead of you see other products that have two parts for their uh, sub- subculture, I think. Is that the product? Yeah, I mean, a lot of folks, I mean, I'm not the smartest guy in the world here. I wish somebody would have come and told me. I probably would have done it. But you make a mycorrhizae product so you can sell mycorrhizae to somebody. Then you make a bacteria product so you can sell bacteria and trichoderma to people. Yeah, but as long as you have roots, like, that's what I didn't get. Does I mean, bacteria and mycorrhizae benefit the root zone at any point in time of the plant's life, no? But you're saying two different things. Mycorrhizae is a true. fungus. Mycorrhizae Break really, it down. It's an inoculation. It's a true inoculation. You don't go get a chicken pox inoculation at, at 30 years old, right? You get it when you're a baby. 
and that shit grows in you. They, they, they take the babies in for all the inoculations, right? The vaccines. Yeah, the ones that I didn't get my kids, yes. I, I got you. I, yeah, I'm loitering in the arena of hot topics, man. <laughs> but the point is that you inoculate things when they're young. So you inoculate roots when they come out of the chamber. Inoculation is actually a, it's a, like a fungus. You see, everybody's seen a fungus grow on, on healthy skin or on toenails or something like that. It covers. Well, this is a beneficial fungus, but one that's symbiotic. It doesn't eat the plant roots. It actually protects the plant roots, and it lives on the plant roots. Doesn't it get some sugar from the plant roots? It does. It, the only thing that drives me nuts when people tell me they're feeding their mycorrhizae and whatnot, they're using molasses to feed their mycorrhizae. I'm like, the only thing mycorrhizae eats is an exudate, which is a sugar, a carbohydrate that the plant makes, and it makes it to attract mycorrhizae. It's this badass symbiosis that happens in nature. It's, it's what makes biology and soil and, and all that it's so freaking amazing, man. Definitely. And I caught, well, tell me why the, the bacteria in this now, the account's yeah, ridiculous. Like people that don't really know, it's, if you look at labels, it's 100 million CFUs. Like I can see that there's, it's bacteria heavy. That's what it is. I mean, I put mycorrhizae in there because mycorrhizae is a no-brainer. I, I put a bit in there because if you use this on your clones, it colonizes and protects. But this is a bacteria product, man. This, that's what it has. It uses kelp, and then it has molasses as food sources, and as well as the humic and fulvic acids. But almost all that stuff is meant for these food sources. So when you add it to water, these bacteria start blowing up. And, I mean, literally each gram has 400 million units, colony-forming units. So you're going to get to work and just start multiplying. Bacteria eat, they poop, and do they Do they work die, or man. do they party in your soil? Oh, yeah, they part. Well, what they're going to do, they're <laughs> going to eat, they're going to reproduce, and then they're going to die. And they've got nutrient inside them. There's all the unused and all the locked up waste that's in your soil and all the nutrient that's in your soil, the straight-up inorganic nutrient. The bacteria eats it. You've got nitrogen-solubilizing bacteria. Now, inorganic, what about organic stuff in your soil, you know, like worm castings and alfalfa or whatever? Sure, sure. They'll, they'll either stick to it. I mean, you know, the bacteria are, some, you know, different bacteria eat different things, but they'll either stick to it and become a soil particle or it'll eat it and the, and the bacteria then... Make your plant available? Yeah, they're so small, man. It makes it absolutely plant available, man. It gets that stuff right into the soil. And that's where those humic and fulvics come into play as well as chelators. Awesome stuff, man. Now, what do you think gives, though, I noticed a flavor change, like an enhance... I don't want to call it a flavor enhancer, but, I mean, is that the molasses and recharge? Here's what happens, man. When you start setting up just a few species of good bacteria, you paid the way for other varieties to come in. So in the beginning, there's a, you know, you've got these four species that come in and they colonize. And then all of a sudden, all these other bacteria start coming in, you know, slight variations of them, different subspecies. And what they do is they're able to solubilize different things. Each one eats on different foods. Some will eat pests. Some will eat nitrogen. Some will eat on potassium. And you'll get all these different bioavailable sources of these different minerals in all these different forms and all these different packages. And you end up with great flavor, just a, a really great a plant that's simulated growing in healthy soil. In a teaspoon of, of healthy soil, there's over 25,000 different species and subspecies yeah. of bacteria, you know, of, the, of these soil microbes in there. And you just don't get them in packaged soil. Now, I did a little research on uh, 
um, we don't have to get into the discussion. You did research? Yes. I got to go, man. I'm out of here. On the uh, trichoderma. So, because that's in the in the living soil world, I guess we'll say that's it's some people say it's debatable or too aggressive. Uh, and there's two forms in here, and I looked at one this. Wait, how the fuck are people arguing with what works in nature? Yeah, like you can look in a microscope all you want and watch trichoderma and mycorrhizae fight each other, but you're telling me that trichoderma and mycorrhizae don't exist in soils together? I'll tell you, you're fucking insane, man. <laughs> well, like how you described it to me one time, they're like aggressive decomposers. Would that be the the adjective you'd use, or aggressive like? Yeah, but are sharks eating polar bears? <laughs> Sometimes, probably. You yes. know what I'm saying, man? I mean, they seem to exist pretty good. They both are predators, man. Well, I want I want an aggressive you know, soil life in here. And the fact, I thought in my head, in my simple mind, basically, when I'm using a product, I use uh, I do inoculation with recharge once a week um, at whatever, like pretty much almost double the rate. But I don't want to water it in every watering. It's not needed. So I figure even if some of the trichoderma are winning over other populations, it's, I'm always re-inoculating anyway. Especially like after you use, sometimes I'll use Soul Synthetics has a uh, a bloom booster called uh, Big Swell. So it's somewhat synthetic, and I figure the high phosphorus is what you said shuts down some of these bacteria. That'll definitely shut down mycorrhizae, not bacteria. Okay, but mycorrhizae. mycorrhizae. Man, that's the problem is, I mean, mycorrhizae, they did so much to uh, to hype it, and it is cool. Mycorrhizae is cool if you're growing Christmas trees, man. You're going to grow some big, long beard of mycorrhizae down, uh, you know, for years. That shit will offer tons of protection. But if you're growing a 100-day, short-day plant, yeah, they use mycorrhizae to inoculate the seed and to get a bigger overall root system. It will definitely expand the root system, but the bacteria is what they're using to solubilize the nutrient. They're not, you know, they're not when they're growing soy and all this commercial stuff. They're not just... uh, uh, relying on what they can pull out of the soil they're bombing that stuff with fertilizer and they want to keep that fertilizer in the soil the biggest benefit of bacteria is it's sticky so bacteria keeps fertilizer in your soil keeps it from washing out most of this fertilizer is salt water what what really bonds salt you know think about dipping your hand in some salt water man does is there a lot of salt water sticking to your hand no not really yeah you know what I mean? So you got to find something to bond that. So you're taking a bunch of this sticky, you know, think when I think of bacteria, I think of when I wake up in the morning before I brush my teeth, what the hell's on my teeth, man, it's bacteria. <laughs> and it ain't just, I don't can't just drink a glass of water and they all go wash away. Yeah. Then bitches are hanging on for dear life. You know what I'm saying? So those sticky bacteria hang on for dear life in your soil and they'll eat your, eat your uh, inorganic, your salt-based nutrients and deliver them make icky sticky buds by the way plants eat inorganic uh, minerals you know what i mean that's what defines a plant the difference between plant and animals is plants assimilate inorganic minerals i like it you're reminding so, me of how like hemp can clean up soil oh uh, man yeah i'm getting deep that's coming up in some news anyway man this shit just takes the guesswork out of growing well yeah I mean, and i wanted to bring a couple like miss i don't know if i'd call them misnomers back in the day i used to think if you're spending money on a biological inoculant, you need to have a dechlorinator or one bubbled or dechlorinated water. Now, obviously, some people have better water sources than others, but uh, not the case. I mean, you got this looked at in uh, dechlorinated water and water off the tap here in Colorado, and the populations, I think you said, were equal. Yep. Like, yep. So that – because I, I want people to get into living soil, and it, it, if you're not – 
running fully organic, that doesn't matter. I grow organic synthetically. I'll say it's like a 70-30 mix, 70% organic natural. Uh, you can use this shit with the GH3 part, guys. You can use it in peat. You can use it in cocoa. Uh, we have somebody on episode 46 using it in aquaponics. People messing around with hydro, living hydros coming back around. People are trying to figure that out. I still wouldn't go there as far as hydro, but absolutely, man. I'd pour a little bit of this <laughs> right on top, on top of maybe, the growing medium, like yep. a hydro tin or something. Yep, just All maybe right, a fair. quart once a week, a quart of it. That's like how I used to take care of, uh, yeah, like fungus gnats and hydro tin. You can mix up a two-gallon container of some product and then just pour it into the hydro tin because you don't necessarily want to treat the entire system, just your root zone and growing right. medium. Right. Um, but don't forget, this is bacteria that's sticky, so it's going to stick on your roots. Yeah, guys, and it's it's a, a great, great deal. If you want to hook some of this up, you guys know uh, if you want to support Dude Grow Show or Mr. Real, go to realgrowers.com. You can pick up Recharge over there. And, of course, enter coupon code DUDE, 25% off if, if Scotty can still handle that pricing. Yeah, man, and even if you don't want to support Mr. Real, man, because sometimes he's a douchebag, man, you know? <laughs> You should go over there and get it because it's it's actually really good product. It makes growing a shitload easier, man. All those bacteria eating all that nutrient and then delivering it and honestly holding it in the rhizosphere right in that root zone waiting for that plant to signal it. And I notice you can use less nutrient too, man. You can lower your strengths. Like this recharge I think is making some of my organic liquid nutrients as well as other things i'm like top dressing or using guanos i definitely use a little like 20 percent less because of what i feel and i always say like i'm not a scientist or any or a full-on plant biologist but Do that, you play one on the radio yes i play one on the podcast <laughs> that uh having the living soil makes everything you're putting in more available to your it's, plant it's no doubt man it's no it's not only more available what it does it keeps it from sliding down you know out your drain holes man like I said, salt water has no reason to bond to soil particles. It'll physically get trapped in there, but it's very easily washed out. That's why you can leach out your, your pots with yeah. salt-based salt fertilizer, with traditional fertilizers, and you can't with organics. The reason you can't leach with organics is because everything's wrapped up in a bacterial package that's stuck in the root zone. Yeah, it's like trying to uh, flush out a hot soil like ain't happening. Mm-mm. Yeah, so really just killer product. Check it out. Yeah, let's I get uh, we always have... always have people say uh, you know how glad they are and and you know give me these nice testimonials about how how much it's changed the way they grow and the quality of what they grow. We well, you know the show's got the buzz in Michigan, man. Looking at the stats, and uh, I know a lot more people are growing out there because they can, and they're not even full wreck yet. I'll ask you: Will you send a free sample to somebody at their hydro store in Michigan? Yeah, man, you get your hydro store to request some recharge. I'll hook you up, man. I'll hook you up with a fucking eight ounce. I don't give a shit. Nice. Yeah, that is a $29 retail value. Holy but, shit. But yeah, I mean, some people, I think there's a disconnect in, in other states where back in the, I mean, nobody wants anything usually sent to their house. Like back in the day, if you're a grower, you know, and some people might be having that hiccup. So tell us where you shop. Go to dudegrows.com. Say, I shop here. Send me an eight ounce of recharge. Done deal. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. I'll fucking do that, man. Definitely. Word. All right, Definitely. dude. Working, dude. Working the angles, the giveaways. <laughs> um, what do Giving we got? Giving away my money, man. What do we got? That's our uh, that's our featured product, guys. And it's yeah. it's it's the best featured product because uh, it's it's Mister Real's product. Yeah, man. I also blend some kelp in there, man. And no matter what, y'all got to start using kelp. 
It is freaking awesome. And if you don't know, go look at your Hydro store and see how many products you can find with kelp in it. Asophyllum nodostrum. Yeah. Probably like 70% of the products. Even though guys that get sneaky and don't list it on their awesome like stretch stopper or whatever, it's kelp. It's a no-brainer, man. It's they're so loaded with biostimulants. It's not an expensive product. Yeah, definitely. So let's go to. Uh, we don't need to break yet. Let's roll on with. Uh, how about what what we're smoking? What we smoking yeah, this week? What kind of weed we smoking? Uh, I will take it away since you just talked for a while a little bit scientifically on your recharge soapbox. Sorry, man. It's all good. We got to let people know if they don't know. Not everybody's listened to all uh, forty-seven just yet, but the people that have, thank you. Yeah, just you know, man, it just kind of drives me nuts that people are just like, "Oh no, no, I don't need that. I don't need that. I'm using mycorrhizae, man. I already got mycorrhizae." I'm like, "Dude, you got like a fifth of the picture, brother." Exactly. All right, what I've been smoking? What I've been smoking? Sure enough, I uh, had that Island Sweet Skunk, um, and I gave that cut away. I grew it out like five times. You know, great, right. great daytime herb. Got a few people loving it. Even have you know. Let some people know, man, I'm running low. I'm going to have to trade you out something else. Uh, so I got the cut back from the guy I gave it to. The guy I gave it to was he, like, hadn't grown. He, he was a grower, and then he hadn't grown in, uh, like, eight, ten years. And he also was one of those guys that really didn't want. I tried to help, but he, like, I know I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, I, know, I got sure. it. I know what I'm doing. Um, so go over there one time, and he's got two island sweet skunks in water farms and they're like the size of christmas trees and they didn't even bloom yet he's like look how good my plants are doing he's like in veg growing into the light I almost fucking hate breaking the news to people that they <laughs> fucked up when because they think they're doing so good at that point yeah. you know and he had to even take one out of there i'm like one six hundred is not enough light for these beasts to flower um, but and revisited uh, him we recently to get a cut. He kept the genetics going, taking clones. Thank you so much if you ever hear this. But uh, again, had a water farm going, and I look in this peek in his little closet. I'm like, when's the last time? Good question for anybody that you think uh, isn't on top of their shit. When's the last time you changed your bulb? He's like, dude, I don't know, man. Like, I don't want to talk about it. He's like, that bulb. He's running a bulb. This is his third year. And I was like, for God's sakes, why are you even taking the effort to grow a plant under a three-year-old bulb right now? Like, right. He's like, look, it's working, and he's got some little buds and whatever. Um, his nutrient regimen is just the GH3 part, which— You could buy a $25 bulb. So know? I got some of this stuff to smoke. Um, we're just hanging out. He's like, want to rip a bong of it? Man, I just got some. Almost, like, compared to— and, you know, not to be bragging, but what was grown by me with all the, you know, using fish and guanos and the recharge and all the good shit was like 50% less taste at all. And the taste wasn't like good. It was just like that dry, flavorless, I don't know, like it worked. It got you high, but man, no character to it at all. And that's growing in GH3 part in a water farm and using nothing else. Right. Probably didn't do a proper flush either. Um, but in the end i was like you sure like I'll, I'll i'll even hook you up man i got some of these grow more newts i'll give you a sample re- no man i'm good man you know it's like he's just happy and that's fine if that's his case he's just happy with how how he's getting by he can grow enough to have a little bit to put in a, some shitty taste in herb and his bong and he's good to go right but man it, it like irks me it's like man i'm not gonna smoke that again like come on get try a little at least add some Floralicious, you know, GH's product sure. that'll help give you some character in your water farm. Right, no, right. Oh man, I'm good. I'm good. I got the uh, 
the pink, the green, and the purple, or brown, whatever that is. It's right. Like, All right, man. Cool. I'm just glad you kept the genetics alive. So the dude's got Island Sweet Skunk back, and um, I'm excited to grow her out again. Sure, so man. So maybe sure. I'll have to put that one in the Octopot, because I, uh, I definitely have grown it out enough in 15 and 20-gallon containers. It'd be nice to see how it does in there. I've grown it in an Octopot. grows like a motherfucker. Oh, I got to ask you real quick. I know, real quick. Come on, quick. I know we're on what, what we're smoking, but... Uh, are you are you are you bubbling your octopods currently? <laughs> yes. Okay, we'll talk about that later. That's I'm all I needed back, to know, so I could so I'm I back. so I could think ahead. All right, what are you smoking? Yo, man, I'm smoking the Flogy, man. The Flogy? Flog, <laughs> Flogy. No, it's a um, Flow OG from Rare Dankness. And that Rare Dankness is Colorado company, right? Colorado Genetics. I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, it sure. As I heard, they got great dank flavor, man. The great, great genetics, but shitty customer service. So don't ever try to call them and ask them a question. So are they a dispensary, a grow, and a genetic place? Do you know? Or? I no, I think it's just a seed seed bank. Okay. But I don't even but know. But you man. really like the flow OG? Delicious. I saw it grow. Grew beautiful, man. This thing grew like a like like the Christmas tree you run to at the lot. You know, I want this one, <laughs> this one. Yeah, it just grew like this big fat Christmas tree, maybe about five foot tall, six foot tall. And um yeah, great, man. And and the, did the it smell finish, of it. Did man. it finish in time here? Out it was outdoor in Colorado? I'm smoking it, right? Yeah, it it finished maybe ten days ago. So it's not fully cured. Awesome. I'll have to remember that for uh, next season. I'm trying to remember the strains that finish well since. Yeah, I think July 4th is, is when it started. Somewhere around there. Okay. Yeah, so. Good shit, man. Uh, I don't know, just a great. And, you know, it's kind of fun getting this. This is greenhouse bud. So Come it's, on, I'm not going to let you get away with just saying good shit. Give me some attributes. Come on. What's, what's... Super pungent, super earthy uh, as you break it up. Real earthy uh, uh, smell to it, man. Um Taste uh, kind of has that purple taste to it, if you know what I mean. That I do. Yeah, I got that with the grape crush when I grew that. Yeah, and I'm starting to think that a lot of this outdoor bud just has a lot of character because a lot of it was grown in ground. Yeah, that you know, helps with amended soils. Yeah, that helps a ton. I love. Yeah. So, um, hey man, I don't know, man. I, I, I'm not a. You know, I sense the skin of white Shut grapes, and I was transported with one hit. I was transported to a mountaintop. Yeah, for me, it's always, it's just like, yeah, I don't. Got me high. <laughs> there are some certain strains good. that definitely uh, you remember, you know, the attributes about. And then other times it's just like, ah, that was some herb. But, uh, yeah, I'll try to remember next time I smoke the uh, Island Sweet Skunk how to give, like, a wine connoisseur review for it. Yeah, I mean, the shit's either got flavor or it don't. You know, some shit you'll taste and you'll be like, whoa, what is that, spicy or the fuck is that yeah you get uh, like a piney flavor or, yeah or lemonade you know what's going on there or it has to do with the smell it's like citrix from reserva Pravada uh had a great like citrusy smell you ask even if you somebody didn't smoke you could open the bag and say well you know give me a description big like, oh, it's like citrus or orange or lemon or something like yep that's why they called it that but you don't i didn't really pull it through a lot on the on the actual flavor it was more the smell but Regardless, I have one of those going now, too. I'm pretty stoked, man, but that's what's what's going on in my grow coming up later. All right. Just got the indoor firing up. But we're definitely, I've got some, some what are we smoking? I've probably got two months of what are we smoking stacked up, man. So I got the new strains. You will not hear me talk about uh, uh, Purple Urkel or Vanilla Kush over the next two months, man. I got the Vanilla Kush, guys. I am taking it to the next level. It is about to go out into the... Uh, 
the the little bedroom I have under my T5 fixture. It's in the nursery now, but it's getting pissed off. So I'm going to take that out there, and I'm, I'm excited. Like Scotty was saying on another show, it's always cool to see what your friends can do with your strains if you've done it, you know, uh, numerous times. So I'm yeah, going I'm to excited, too. I think you do a great job with it. Of course I am, man. i first to let you know, brother. Totally. <laughs> I expect you to say that, okay? Be all uppity anyway. today. Yeah, that's so, why you're the host, man. Do we have to call you Mr. Dude now? <laughs> yes. All right, so we got uh, – yeah, I don't know. I think uh, let's take a quick break before we come into the news. We sure. did uh, featured product, what we've been smoking. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we'll come back with the news. And then after the news, if you don't know, the rest of the show is Grow Talk. So yeah, man. Always love to get into that. Got some sophisticated, uh, some sophisticated questions, some four-part questions, some five-part questions, but all all good stuff from you guys. Holy shit, man. Get a hold of us over there at uh, dudegrows.com and hit the uh, get a hold of Scotty and the dude. And, man, I'll tell you, one thing we've been, before we go to break, I've been frustrated with is the ability to uh, get to people, get back to people's questions and stuff, you know, and, and in a timely matter, especially when it's something that, you know, my garden's got this problem, man. And Honestly, it's not realistic we're going to sit here and be able to answer every single question within a 24-hour return period. Love to address them on the show. That has been awesome. Thanks for sending them. But, man, give us a little support. We'll make sure we get to it. I know somebody gives, what is it, $42? Yeah, it's on the, yeah. That's like a full-on, like, whatever you got to say, I guess within reason, (laughs) we'll definitely address it. But even something, man, subscribe, $4.20 a month. And I guarantee you, I'm going to be trying to help you out and help you grow. So see what we can get going there, guys. And if, we'll always try to get to all the questions we can. Don't get me wrong. It is getting a little ape shit, though, man. I mean, thank you so much for the support. But holy shit, my inbox, I, there's no way I can keep up anymore and still still yeah. grow good weed, man. Tell us what you guys want. Tell us what you guys want. Send us your messages. We've been thinking about hanging out on a Google Hangouts, maybe, and we'd have... Uh, yeah, our wanna... wake, and bake, uh, wake and Bake America went to 420 Bake America, man, because, goddamn, It's too smoke, early. Smoking weed in the morning fucks me up, man. One way or another, I want to <laughs> I want to help as many grows as possible, um, but yeah, you guys have heard it. Listen to 46 for the time we're putting into this awesome thing here, helping people grow. Um, yeah, show some love. I'll leave it at that. We'll be back with news and a whole shitload of grow talk, guys. Yeah, man. Dude grows. Yo. Why don't you go get that good shit? You know, that shit that your brother gave you. That good shit. Yeah. That's the shit. That's the shit. guys we're back for the news back for the news you ready mr real absolutely i mean absolutely yeah take it stallone style man 
Yeah. Well, I got to uh, get a little. He's a, he's a wealth of quotes, man. I got to revisit some of his movies, man. I bet I can get some good stuff from him. Did he ever get into politics, or is that just Arnold? <laughs> I think that was just Arnold, man. I think Stallone was smart and just put his name on a whole bunch of restaurants, made a whole bunch of money. Gotcha, gotcha. All right, well, let's. Uh, I'm going to toke up a little bit here on my White Widow, which I renamed WWN for White Widow Not, since uh, Yair there uh, told me that. Man, how do you know, though, man? How do you know? I mean, I'm sure that Yair knows some shit about, about his weed, but I don't know, man. He had the beginning and end all of White Widow, man. Yeah, all right, all right. That's fine with me. Uh, let's get into the story, though. Of I'm, the I'm, ancient... I'm giving respect to our Colorado folks, man, all right? If they're calling it White Widow, man, it's fucking White Widow. <laughs> <laughs> respect, right. y'all. All right, well then, I, actually, I'm just going to start naming things my own way. Like, you know, dude one, dude two, dude three. <laughs> keep it re- I'll keep it real interesting like that. Yeah, I just give it the real stamp, you know? That's real White Widow, man. All right, well, let me get into the story here. Let's see here. Ancient Siberian mummy with breast cancer used cannabis for reprieve. Pretty awesome, man. They, they found this mummy and uh, performed an MRI uh, which basically revealed that she had breast cancer and chose to self-medicate using the sacred herb. So, dude, like, it just goes to show this prohibition crap's like just such a small sliver in time. We Human beings have known all along a plant was put here for us, for medicine and recreation, I say. I mean, that plant is so obvious. It's out there screaming in nature. I mean, it's stinking up the area, man, <laughs> telling you to come look at it. Exactly. You know? If you can't, yeah. If you, like, just accidentally miss it one way or another, it's, yeah, yeah. you're going to smell it for sure. Yeah, I mean, I could be a fucking caveman. I'm going to walk up to that thing and smell it. It's going to take me about 24 hours to throw that bitch in the fire <laughs> and get high off it, you know? Like, hmm. First thing we do with unknown plants is just try to burn them a little, and I love it. Um, yeah, fire bad. They said mm, MRIs good. are crazy, man. They said after looking at this MRI closely, researchers were able to distinguish a sacco sacramental sticky stuff. They called it sacco sacramental sticky stuff. Um, <laughs> I love it, man. I love it. So then they they do mention what kind of confused me. Probably for this sick woman, sniffing cannabis was a forced necessity. Now, can you sniff cannabis? I do not sniff the coke. I only sniff cannabis. I don't know. Man. I mean, yeah, I guess so, man. I mean, it's inhaling it. You know, so, I mean, I guess, yeah, maybe, maybe they did something where, don't forget, man, it wasn't always $100 a quarter. Probably could take an ounce of that bitch, throw it in a bowl, you know, light it up, and just actually just fog up the whole goddamn room, get somebody who's really sick high. All right, well, can you, can you test that out for us so we can let listeners know how to sniff cannabis? What? No, nobody's ever put a quarter pound on the fire before, man? Hell. Yeah, it works. I've tested it, man. I'm talking sifts like grinding up flour and sniffing flour. No, I think they're talking about putting, a, you know, a half an ounce in a bowl or something like that. Or, you know, you ever seen those, what are they, sage? You know, that they wrap that sage up and they burn it and you run around the room with that? Yeah, man, it gets you rid of ghosts. About? Even- yeah, so what I'm saying is if you did that same thing with a bunch of cannabis and had some, you know, Fogging out, you know, smoking out, you know, the bedside where somebody's really sick. Dude, I bet you they get high as a motherfucker, man. All right, all right. Well, on to the next story, if you haven't heard. That's how, that's how they did back in the day, man, all right? 
All right, I'll take it. I wasn't there. I mean, I prefer to, uh, yeah, I don't know, roll yeah, my cannabis yeah. into a fine spliff. Yeah, they didn't invent the joints until 1756, man. I oh, believe okay. George Washington did that, didn't they? Didn't George Washington invent the joint, man? I got, yeah, he did. You're right. Ben Franklin? Who was it, man? You, you guys <laughs> quote Mr. Real, Ben Franklin, and George Washington together rolled the first spliff. <laughs> that sounds like, what is that? Uh, oh, man, Dazed and Confused. You ever seen that movie back in the day? Um, I, yes, but it's like been a while. Got, oh, the guy, this is what Stoner kid on there's got the rap about, you know, Betsy Ross selling the first flag and they were all, it was all, you know, they were all high on weed, man. You know, it's all because of hemp, man. Hell yeah. Hemp's coming back. That's oh, classic. All right. Classic. We got proposed Colorado marijuana edibles ban shows lingering pot discord. Have you been getting it? I mean, there's been a lot of news stories out, um, with edibles trying to be banned. What have you, uh. Have you gotten wind of? I've gotten wind that pretty soon uh, butane. They're going to start testing for all sorts of uh, uh, residuals. And folks that have butane extractors and, and those type of extractors are not going to be able to enter the commercial market anymore. Yeah, I think it's going to all go CO2 because it's all got to be psycho clean now, man. They're, they're making these new rules, and I think it's pretty cool. I think we're smoking a lot of butane out there. What about the kids, Mr. Real? That's what this article is a little more about as far as people are concerned um, with the, the infused products and the ones that you know look like gummy bears, this or that, and they're having a really hard time deciding. You know, One guy's like, let's just make them all. All we're going to do is lozenges and... Uh, a spray or something period across the board um and that, that sounds pretty good man honestly it, it wigged me out i've been to places before where there's tons of candies and gummy bears i was just actually up in breckenridge and uh this girl who was with me brought uh i don't know a lot i had lemon drops or something like that you know so i mean who the hell needs it to be looking like a bunch of candy yeah i mean i agree i just want it to be like it taste something good or else i mean Sell some butter and make your own stuff. They also yeah, say, you know, you should sell butter and sugar. You know, you can put the sugar in any drink. You drink the drink down and you're high as fuck. You can control that shit by the milligram and do the same thing with butter. I'll tell you, if I do have one complaint about edibles is always getting getting dialed in. I mean, I just got some new just yesterday, some new pecan bars for my 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 girl that bakes the best pecan bars around. And she's like, be careful, this time they're stronger. And so I just tried, actually, this morning, a one-by-one one square just to start real small. And I could feel it, but I know now I'll go up to like an inch-and-a-half to an inch-and-a-half square. And, um, yeah, consistency in edibles is awesome when somebody can consistently, you know, that way you could, <laughs> you don't wreck your day. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, and they're putting all this testing in now you know or you've got all sorts of, you're, you're going to know exactly how much cbd and how much thc is in there so why not just make it into a you know i don't know a vial or or you know sell a, a couple ounces of sugar you know exactly the concentration of it you use the correct amount i mean shit sugar you can measure out you know a teaspoon by the gram you know five grams of sugar is a teaspoon you know, okay, I know I put a teaspoon of this in my coffee or I put a teaspoon of this in my kid's drink in the morning. If, you know, it's a you know, real sick kid or somebody that's you know, we're really giving medicine to. I like that. You know? I like the coffee idea, man. I, I know they do infused coffees. Like I said, I really wouldn't mind sometimes taking a step out of my day. <laughs> Just instead of it's nice to sit around with a bowl next to the coffee cup, but I wouldn't mind sometimes having that. Yeah. Coffee infusion teaspoon. 
I would never give up my coffee and weed, man. It's about the best thing going in the mornings. The flavors do do like each other. So what yeah. do you, what do you think? They said another option. Uh, they discussed stamping a symbol onto edibles or um, doing like color, like a specific color or airbrush a symbol. Does that remind you of anything? Yeah, it sure does, man. Hey, I've got some uh, Jerry Garcia dose, man. You want some? I got the one over here. I got the ones <laughs> with the eagle on it, dude. Did you hear about those? <laughs> yes, I did, man. Yes, I did. That didn't. I don't think that got a lot of support. I mean, symbols or uh, that stuff can be rubbed off or whatever. Look, we got to. My idea with the sugar is to do the opposite. Is as opposed to making it a cool, you know, status symbol. Dude, look at these open wing doves, man. You make it as generic as possible. I have infused sugar. You know, twenty milligram infused sugar. You know, oh, okay, I know that a packet of that, you know, five mil, you know, whatever, five grams of that, a teaspoon, will get me kind of kind of baked or will alleviate my pain. I don't do over two teaspoons of that. I mean, shit, you know how much sugar to put in your coffee before you fuck it up, right? Yeah, yeah, I, t- I agree that something needs to be done, and they are having some trouble discussing this and agreeing. You know, we've got the edibles makers that some of them have their life savings in this or they're just, you know, they're making a lot of money doing awesome with their candies and stuff and they don't want to give it up. And they're starting to say it might be an infringement on their rights that were given by 64. So this is probably going to go on for a bit here, especially once, if it gets into the courts, you know, because I guarantee you that if anybody feels their constitutional rights are being stepped on with 64, they're going to fight that for sure. Yeah, definitely, man. That's great, man. Lawyers, we can make more lawyers that way, man. It'd be great. (laughs) You know what I mean? The lawyers are always going to fight this shit out, man. That's probably why the lawyers love 64. Gives them something to do. Yeah, definitely. I I would love lawyers all the more. I mean, if they were free, or I guess even a little (laughs) bit more affordable, I would would like them more. (laughs) Well, why the fuck would anybody become a lawyer if you couldn't get rich and get a solid gold car out of it? (laughs) Solid gold. All right. That's right, man. How about this next story? The drone mission. There was a drone mission to find feral hemp seeds in southern Colorado, um, and they called it off. Now, when you first hear there's a drone mission coming out of my mouth, you're like, oh, great, man. They're throwing up drones to look for illegal grows. But uh, this was to like try and locate, from what I understood, genetics that I guess might have been here natively. In the four cor- land race varieties, man. Yes. You, how many times in the show can you say land race varieties, bro? That's <laughs> my favorite. It's my favorite. But seriously, man, they better find stuff that's already growing. You know, that's got thousands of years of uh, of acclimation, or something that's just completely native, and start cross. If they're going to use something to cross, they might as well start crossing with that. They're going to need to. Yeah, I mean, if you could found something that has been here, of course, that's doing good that likes our environment, potentially likes altitude, because we do have areas that are, of course, at altitude. Um, yeah, native plant that kicked butt would be great, but they said they, they just really don't have enough time to locate a drone and plan a search in this year. So I guess they might try it next year. And I guess the drone is like, I'm kind of ignorant to drones, but the most efficient way to cover that much ground and film it, and then I guess some guys just sit there and watch all the film to look for weed plants. Is that how it works? That's how it works, man. I mean, these drones, man, I heard about, I think it was Google or something like that, invested in this drone company. And they were talking about, these are the kind of drones that don't come down for two years. (laughs) It's like, what? What? 
Yeah, they got like these solar powered drones to just hang up in the sky and just stay there, man. So, but it's out. I mean, just like realtors were the first ones that bought digital cameras so they could take pictures of their properties. They want drones. I see them at the Verizon store so they can go up and take aerial views of properties and stuff like that. So, I mean, to have an, an aerial view of something is has some practical value. So drones are coming, man. Yeah. Um, yeah. Law enforcement departments, I know, are looking into them. And I just wanted. I mean, how much do you get paid for that to sit there and look at the uh, all the drone footage looking for hemp plants? I mean, eventually. Until a computer can replace you, you know, you probably get paid pretty decent, man. Yes. The computer program that finds the hemp. You're, you're right. You're right. Kind of crazy. Hell yeah, man. Hell yeah. They got it with Google Earth where they're looking on that bitch. <laughs> yes, they do. Beware, outdoor growers. Um, yeah, man. Hang on. I got to go close my window shades really quick, man, before they come and get me. <laughs> All right. <laughs> let's get into uh, what is going on in Florida. Let's see here. Shit, man. Yeah, this is legalization, man. Fake legalization. Yeah, I mean, you're you're. Fucking I'm gonna call me Scotty, off, our Florida cor- correspondent. Did you read through this this one here? Sure. Yeah, I still own property down in Florida. I got investment down in Florida, man. And Amendment this don't two. Make me happy, man. It's a medical marijuana showdown. Yeah, lead the way, brother. Lead the way, man. All right. So they're saying on November fourth, the voters they have the opportunity to vote in amendment two. And this is the one, right. That has like a lot of bad writing as far as only letting in five huge growers or something. Amendment two. Is yeah, that right? I think it's nine or 10, but they're just, they, it doesn't allow for home grows. I mean, straight and simple doesn't allow for home grows sets it up. So there's, I think nine or 10 central places where you can go to get your Charlotte's web. And if it has ever has over 0.8, you know, so less than 1% THC, has to be destroyed on premises. So, fucking shit law, man. How? I mean, wait, wait. Legal. What percentage THC? Point eight. That's less than one percent. If you. So you're saying you on under Amendment Two in uh, Florida, if you grow a plant that has more THC than point two, it's illegal. Point eight. Point eight. It, that's so. Anything above, man. I didn't even just just one. Think of what about one percent. If your shit regis, registers one percent THC, it has to be destroyed on premises. It is like a fucking I don't know what you'd call it, man. But it's it's straight up government controlled bullshit, man. Exactly what they want. And all it's really doing is it's there's not even any THC being grown, man. It's all CBD. And I don't know about you, man, but I don't see a crazy big market for CBD. I'm going over a friend's house after this who unfortunately is really, really ill with cancer. And he's just no more chemo, just trying to make him comfortable at this point. I'm going to bring him a CBD strain. It's got 10% CBD, 10% THC. Should work really well for him. He don't want just the CBDs, man. Yeah. So nobody's going to buy this Charlotte's Web shit. Whole plant medicine, man. I mean, that's what definitely there's a lot of advocates for out there. I mean, everything in there. Granted, not everybody necessarily needs 20-something percent THC. Uh, if you can medicate children with seizures with the low THC strain, great. If there's, But I agree with you. Like, there's got to be some in there, man. This mother, You can't. Mother Nature made it that way to all work together great. So, yeah. Yeah, this is lobbyists that knew that they could get people. A lot of, there's a lot of 
people that know, politicians that know that pot's popular. So they're thinking of a very safe, non-offensive way that they can get, that they can get behind pot and still show up at the church on Sunday and get those votes too. So CBD, having a CBD strain to get behind like Charlotte's Web and telling people, you know, Florida, once you get outside of South Florida, it's really conservative, man. So to show up to those, uh, uh, you know, those churches on Sunday and say, hey, man, we're, this is just straight medicine. We'd, ne- we'd never grow the THC style marijuana. We're growing uh, medical cannabis and it's totally different. You know, that gives them a leg to stand on where they're. You know, they're not called liberal scum, man. They can still get the vote. So I think this is politicians playing playing uh, both edges of the sword here. Do you think it'll pass? Of course it will, man. Hey, you going to vote for legal weed? Yeah, legal weed, man. We won. We did it, man. Oh, man. Yeah, I hope not. That's what I keep saying, guys. If you get yeah. stuff going on in your state, don't vote unless they're allowing you to grow. And especially allowing more than 0.8 THC. I mean, that's asinine. Yeah, man, because what happens is you vote for legal weed. That's why we were going to get into some politics last episode with the uh, governor's race. And I kind of nixed it because I just don't trust any of them. You know what I mean? I I don't know what's going on, what the the real motivations of any of them are, man. It's uh, when you try to control the masses like that, man, it gets really tricky. A little bit too tricky for this little pothead to understand, you know? Up next, dude's political views. (laughs) Just because you get, you know, somebody's, I'm sure there's a ton of people in Florida, pro-cannabis advocates, we'll call them, man, that are running around going, you better vote, man. You registered to vote. Vote or die, man. And they're going to go, and then they're going to be like, cool, we won. And then they're going to go, what do you mean we can't grow at home? What do you mean there's not going to be dispensaries? Oh, I won't open a dispensary up, man. Fuck no, you can't open a dispensary up. Didn't you read the law? Or they probably no. think like what happened here in Colorado at first uh, back when General Holder made an announcement that the Justice Department's going to lay off medical growers and the shit hit the fan out here like there was a line at the hydro store. Uh, but still, I mean, busts were going down and people were getting in shit. So um, the same thing in Florida. I'm sure some guys might think it's like kind of a green light to grow a little bit more, set up another grow, and then they're going to swoop in there and fuck with everybody. Definitely, uh, I would be wary. Be wary. Let's go into another yeah, story. Man. Florida, don't vote for two. How much money do you think a Seattle marijuana store makes in a day? Yeah, I don't know, man. It's looking good so far. Come on, time is running out. Red buzzer. Uh, 20 grand a day, man. 20, 20 grand, grand a day. huh? According to the state liquor board, which sounds kind of <laughs> weird to start off with, the, right. the 23rd in Union Pot Shop started things off with a bang, netting nearly $17,000 in marijuana sales on its opening day, September 30th. And the rest of the week did not fade, generating an average of $13,700 per day. So there's a few factors here. I mean, more stores are going to open, but they're saying if that current trend persists, it would work out to about $5 million in a year, generating about $3,500 in tax revenue per day. So Right. That's like they're just, you know, throwing it out there. Of course, this is one store, but if everything stayed the same, this store would generate $1.2 million in tax revenue for, you know, it's like, how does the government look at that and not be like, all right. Yeah, this is what this is all about, man. They've seen it for 40 years. They've been, they've been debating whether they get their hands in the uh, in, in the drug market, but how see, to tax it. Here in Colorado, man, that's why 
the, you know, you'll get the haters out there. Ben, whatever. The man, we, man's always been pushing us down. Now they want us to pay tax and shit. Well, guess what? Grow your own. That's why it's very important to have that in your state's laws to be able to grow your own. So, I mean, that's one of my weak points with, you know, people will be like, oh, you got, you guys work on the Dude Grow Show. You're in the industry. Cool. What do you think of this dispensary or that place? I really don't get out a lot to dispensaries because of my own friend network and just growing. And it's, there's cool products out there. Don't get me wrong. I'm kind of, you know, I should, I should know a little more on them, but it's hard to justify spending that money as a rec user and paying all that tax. Yeah, as much as I hate to say it, man, you know what I think of a dispensary that makes $20,000 a day? I think that money corrupts, man. And the longer that you sit there making $20,000 a day, the more corrupted you will be, man. Yeah, I mean, but they are, I think they are pretty stringent there with testing uh, and have some rules in place because when you say that it always reminds me i just mean shit like out of state going to high school kids you know you might want to just turn your head on that a little bit man you're making twenty thousand dollars a day Hmm. once it leaves my store i can't help you buddy don't know where it goes let's say your 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 500 lighter has a powdery mildew problem uh in flowering you're definitely you know you're gonna try but i don't think they have that option out there i think that they're testing pretty damn good so right and that's like you said supposed to come here because you know people are spraying the nasties so let me let me ask you a question when they get that 20 pounds that comes in from one of their satellite grows with eagle 20 on it and uh they can't they can't sell it they can't get it through testing into their dispensary do they throw it out do they destroy it yeah, totally, man. They throw gasoline on it and burn it. You know what I mean? Probably not, man. Probably just goes to some black market, man. So just don't be – anytime you bring money into the equation, man, you're going to have – morals are going to be corrupted. No? Yeah, yeah. I mean – You've got it, a hell of a stronger chance of it, brother. Not necessarily. I mean, it depends on the individual, of course. But, um, yeah, I mean – if you you can keep it real, there's huge everything I've seen. For example, from uh, what is it, Harborside Health in Oakland? From what I see, is like right. they're making tons of money, and they're always on the up and up, and seem to be doing great things for for patients and everybody out there with their two fifteen. So, on their TV show, right? <laughs> yes, yes, you're okay. right. On their TV show, well, on the TV shows they have been featured on, correct? <laughs> they're probably good folks out there. I'm just I'm, being a cynic. Who knows, I'm a good judge of character, and I, I give them the pass, okay? I trust a dude with the pigtails, man. Yes, okay? exactly. The guy with the braided pigtails and the cute hat. like, <laughs> Yeah, I trust him. He looks trustworthy. All good people, man. There's, good, there's great people in this industry, but all I'm saying is I, we've all been there, man. We've all been in the, you know, working at a place, and the boss starts getting cash rolling in, big cash rolling in. You know, and when you're getting twenty, twenty five grand a day rolling in, you cannot fucking tell me that it doesn't change you, man. It does. You have to be a really strong motherfucker or have already ha- come from money and had money to let it not change you. And that's not really the lion's share of the people that are in our industry. The people that are in our industry were hustlers that were willing to break the law earlier to make money and to, to, to do something that was just, you know, they didn't feel like it, it was anything was unjust that they were doing, but they did break the law. And those, that's those same type of people are now getting into legal, you know, and I'm putting air quotes around it business. It's not federally legal yet, but they're already jumping into it. So they're already willing to break federal law. 
you know, I mean, you're right. I mean, money. Jump, yeah. How big of a jump is it? These are not rule followers, man. You know what I mean? These are not uh, systematic rule followers getting into this business. We are, we are folks that push the boundaries. Yes. And money out. will. I, I love y'all, man. I love y'all, man. We need people like this in the world. But they're going to try to make this industry an industry of suits and rule followers. Are you done now? Are you done now, Mr. Real? You're Sorry, getting a little man. angry there. <laughs> I mean, yeah, money does change you a little for sure. Like if I had some more money, I'd make it so uh, the driver's side door of my van opens and I'd try to buy some new snowboarding boots. So, yeah, word to that. <laughs> no, fucking 20 grand a day changes you where you go, dude, I ain't losing that fucking crop. I got a new $2 million growth facility that, that, that's just coming down. I'm not losing that fucking crop. You make it fucking work. I would like that job for a little bit to be the uh, strictly the uh, – the crop enforcer, crop quality enforcer. You get like, yeah, man, uh, that would be fun to do for a little bit. You know, probably not forever, but I'd like to cruise around and test people's stuff and walk around and say, uh, this is unacceptable, man. Look at this humidity level right here. This is crazy. All right. You know, man, you said I was getting, I do get angry when we get duped, man. I think the smart, fo- we're super smart politicians and power folks are coming in and grabbing their meat hooks on this cool grassroots industry. And it pisses me off, man. And they're doing it really sneaky. They're doing it with their, you know, air quotes, cool politicians coming in and, and these shit written laws that are promoted because they know nobody's going to read them. So, yeah, it does piss me off. Why are we, why are we talking so much politics, dude? This is Dude Grow Show, not Dude's Political Show, okay? <laughs> Let's move on. Let's move on. Hemp building Deal, material Deal. absorbs pollutants and improves insulation. And that's really just the tip of the iceberg, guys. I mean... Hemp build hemp has just got so much going on um, as far as you know cleaning up. They plant, for example, like on top of landfills. You'll see there's a landfill by my house uh, out here that has I think they have it soccer Great neighborhood soccer fields. Um, whatever, it's oh, sh- shut your face. All right, <laughs> it's uh, or you know planting hemp. What I'm getting at is on areas and stuff that needs to be cleaned up, soil that is even you know toxic. Like hemp can handle some of that. And then the opportunities are endless of what you could build with it. They're talking here like insulation, construction materials. Like, you know, you see decking now that half the decking you see is like a composite. You know, how about some hemp decking? So much crap. And while it's growing, it doesn't only create a fabulous end product. It freaking cleans the soil. Like there's an, And then it, it can give you hemp seeds, which is a great source. There's like no way you can diss on this plant any which way. So go ahead. Can can you give me one diss on the hemp plant, Scotty? Well, I'm in that mode, yeah. No, but how the fuck's it clean up soil? They're talking bioremediation is when they use biologicals to clean up soil. They're saying hemp can do that? Because it's what, pulling heavy metals out of the soil or something? I believe so, yeah, because it will pull out of the soil, and you and I don't know what the proper terminology is for it, break it down. But, yeah, definitely, um, yeah. Yeah, it's true, man. Like one one of the trace elements that plants need to thrive is arsenic. You know what I mean? So they're pulling arsenic out of the soil. That's fucking crazy, no? Yeah, and even in this article, because you know they're not too far back, they mentioned they're working on. Um, I don't know if it's the insulation in them, but hemp is likely to be used to make more efficient batteries in the future. I mean, and hemp is talk about a natural resource that's renewable. Every time it's growing, it's doing something good. And man, I, I'm all for it. So. Yeah, man, it's a, what do they call them, feedstocks, right? Just like they take that corn and they either take the, the kernels and the stalk and they use them all for feedstocks, to, to starting materials for things. Yeah, exactly. Which, yeah, yeah, it'll be the same thing with hemp, man. I mean, 
Think about like the fiber that comes off the hemp stalks. Man, you tell me that's not useful. Think about trying to grow a plant because we're not flowering it. If we're just growing it for the stem, you know, for the stalks. Yeah. Then, man, you, you could grow that shit in what, three, four weeks? You could probably harvest it every three, four weeks, that, that hemp. Maybe every five, six weeks if you're getting getting it to grow big because you're just growing veg hemp. Yeah, it's coming around, man. It's, I mean, it, it's just weird that we were alive during the time that it went away because before that, you know, it's been here forever. You know, the people, the Constitution was written on. It wasn't our money used to be printed. Like, George Washington was using it all over the place for shit, and we were just around during a shitty prohibition time. So it's coming back, and it's coming back well within my lifetime, so I'm excited to see it. Fuck yeah, man. Fuck yeah. Agreed, brother. Agreed. Well, let's take uh, let's take a quick break here, and then uh, I think it might be one one or two more stories we'll cover, but then we're going to get into the uh, grow talk. So Yeah, man. I want to I hit that up uh, and uh, get to what's going on in our grows. Got some exciting info there. Actually, actually almost frizzle-fried a ballast with a shot of water. Well, it was, it was not running, thank God, but... It was it was scary. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Holy shit, man! It was fizzle fried yourself, brother. All right, well, guys, thanks for listening. We'll be right back, dude. Grows. Yeah, man. Hey, guys, remember that there's plenty more great grow knowledge over at dudegrows.com. So go check out all of our news, videos, and latest articles about growing great weed without all the bullshit. And remember, it's donations from listeners like you that keep the real deal marijuana grow knowledge coming at you. So visit DudeGrows.com and be the DGC. From the trees where we full of the weed in the mounds. If you find one, you keep the seed. You grow it yard up, it's a personal thing. Out deep in the Mendel Hills, the fields green. Seen redwoods where we can grow safe. Somewhere where comet don't chase. In the soil, this weed I campaign. Sometimes to smoke, we don't even use flame. Chilling in my garden, taking solar hits. Love it outside, only way to grow like this. Indoors got fire, environment controlling it. Straight organic, taste when I'm blowing it. Farmers grow it, chop it up, about the strain they got. How much weight got yielded off of this year's crop? Smart pots, we pros, no contenders. In and outdoor, team green Avengers. My turf, my hood is Mando. Only argument is outdoor versus Indo. Outdoor versus Indo. M's in the air. My turf, my hood is Mando. Only argument is outdoor versus Indo. All right, guys, we're back. Grow talk here. The best part of the show. Absolutely. All right, all right. You might be banned from that soon. You're going to have to come up with another celebrity impression there, man. Um, You got it, brother. You got it. All right, first question here, guys. If you want to hit us up, go on over there, dudegrows.com, and just click on Ask the Dude and Scotty Real, and uh, we we will be here. So, all right. I love that this guy obviously might be a little bit of a fan of you, Mr. Real. He starts it. Word up, brother, Scotty. From, yeah. From Vancouver here. Nice. I love Vancouver. I'm due. I'm due out there. Um, this guy's had a killer conversation with Jeremy from Build the Soil. Thanks for the connection, bro. If you guys don't know, we featured Jeremy back on, man, I don't know what, what episode, but it's in the show description. 
buildasoil.com. And he said he got some Pilsner malted barley today from a killer dude, James, who owns Storm Brewing here in Vancouver. Killer stuff he makes. I'm brewing up some of his Pilsner barley as I type. So I have grow more plant food question for you. So those so you guys that don't know, he's not making beer. Barley, um, we found, and I didn't know until Jeremy was on, is a great enzyme source. Basically, I mean, brewing it is uh, the way it happens, and it's not like an overwhelming type of brew. Where I was, when people hear the word brewing, sometimes it gets a little like, oh shit, like what do I got to do? Sure. But most, a lot of times, just to get a simple brew, you just need a five gallon bucket and an air stone, and I think that's about it. Some quality ingredients and a good wooden spoon. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so barley is is used to uh, create enzymes that it just assists in nutrients that charge your soil. If you guys want to check it out, um, Jeremy does a good job over at buildasoil.com of putting up. Good articles and information on raw ingredients. Sure. Are they sprouting the barley? I Is believe they, they sprout it just a little bit. Sure, in that like makes a sense. Tmex or something. Uh, it says here that they blend into a, well the sprouted. They wait until they sprout the seeds until the tail is as long as the seed. I like yeah. that description. And then blend in a food blender or whatever you whatever you have to blend it. And then you add that to five gallons of water. And they're saying you have enzyme teas available for pennies. I like it because if you guys have heard of Hygrozyme, it's definitely spending like $37 a quart. Um, I use the Grow More Biocozyme. I don't do you know how much that is a quart, Mr. Real. I think it's like right around 20. I'm not okay. positive. Well, if you if you want to uh take it to the uh ultra affordable level, just go with the uh yeah, the barley. I like it. Yeah, spotted barley, man. That's pretty cool. Heck yeah. All right. So he There's has a some question. Other industry that does that, man. I think it's like in scotch or something like that when they're making scotch. Oh, I'm pretty sure they take the barley and they let they let it uh, sprout like that to get those enzymes, and then they uh, like smoke it and stop them. You know, and that's how they get that really interesting taste. Oh, uh, you mean horrible taste? <laughs> All right. Yeah. Jameson. Is Jameson's a scotch, right? No, that's a whiskey. whiskey? Isn't it whiskey? Yeah. No, Irish whiskey. Whatever. This is about <laughs> growing weed. So this guy has a question on grow more plant food. Uh, I'd love to try their additives. I just re-listened to that interview we did with Jacob. And Jacob, you guys, is the, uh, what do we call him over there? The formulator. Formulator yeah. grow more. Um, and he, uh, he says, and he's picking up what you guys are putting down. I bought some pure tricantinol, but then I got the recipe from Jeremy to brew it with sprouted alfalfa seeds. More sprouted seeds, man. Sure. What's going on? I love it. Uh, which he likes. He he likes the sound of better. I got the enzyme fresh and kicking from some bar from some from the barley brew. Never really used a hardener before either, having only ever grown medicine from an educated market. But damn, do the biocozyme jumpstart and avalanche ever sound full spectrum? Interesting. <laughs> so I mean, full spectrum. I guess by meaning you're getting you know what you need out of your additives without having too many or i don't know it just seems like i mean he is right man those three three products right there i mean an enzyme which you need to complete the digestion for the bacteria well i wouldn't say you need it but it helps in the it helps the turbo helps a lot man absolutely it absolutely will speed up you know if you're using recharge or any kind of beneficial bacteria that's why i always use enzyme guys on what i call my plain water day is really an enzyme with plain water right on Right, and that jump start. I mean, tricantinol with a little bit of fulvic acid—that's a no-brainer, man. With a little bit of kelp, 
I mean, so just tricantinol is one of those things that it's just a, a one of those kind of expert tricks, I would say. You don't have to be an expert to use it, but it's one of those things you got to dig deep until you figure out how to use tricantinol correctly. Yeah, I still haven't sprayed it, man. I know that's the most economical way I hear. Yeah. Um, I know Costa Mesa Steve likes to spray that jump start on as a foliar. That jump start smells like uh like steak, like some type of steak seasoning a little bit to me. I don't know if you've noticed that. I'll open it up and get a little hungry. <laughs> I don't use the avalanche though. I do I do like the jump start and the biocozyme, but do not use the avalanche for no reason other than I don't know, I'm not really ever needing to harden my flowers. Right. Right. So yeah, I've used the avalanche before. I don't always catch it. I'm on perpetual, so sometimes I screw up and don't catch it in time to use it. Yeah, when you're on perpetual, yeah, that can be tricky. you got to have your, your mind on what your plants need on like four or five different stages. Right. But I man, it makes trimming easier. I've definitely used uh, avalanche too early, and it made my buds really hard but small. So you got to be careful well, about that. Good. You don't want to be using that stuff no. too early. You don't want your buds hard but small. No. They were like these little rocks, man, little purple rocks. I like it, guys, and that's why you're hearing a little bit about Grow More, of course. I use it. I definitely use their additives. Yeah, Jacob throws us. He gives us some love when we can get a hold of him. Yes. <laughs> but uh, he, do, he does uh, supply us with some jump start, and we get, get all that stuff into the uh, into the swag bag and into the top shelf bag. So lots of goodies to give away there. Heck, yeah. All right, question number Dos. Hey, Scott, what's growing on, dude? Yo. Hey, when your plants have no smell, it means no good, right? Yes. <laughs> well, it's my first grow, and it was a bit rough. I have a 1,000-watt HPS setup. You, you guys had helped me last month with the nutrition part. Well, in that grow, I toasted the plants and left the damn timer off, and I left for three days, and the lights were on for those days. Oh, no. Yikers. I saved what I could, and now I am... And now I let them dry because it doesn't look good, but I fucked up. So what can I do to make my next batch that I have into week four? His next batch I have into week four. Wait, week four into flowering. Right. And he's found a bunch of organ a bunch of organic stuff at a shop out here in Chicago, near uh, okay, and Skokie, Skokie, Illinois. I guess that's a town out there. Uh, so please help. I have no smell. And what I need to do is grow some dank. Yes. Yeah. This is just a personal grow. I listen all the time, guys. Every day I listen and learn something. Would love to. Would love to try some recharge. And he says, "No one. No one to sell it out here. You know what? Recharge is. Uh, yeah. Chicago is a market that's going into again. If you got, there's got to be a few hydro stores in Chicago. Oh yeah. There's there's a ton. Yeah, man. Man. There's a ton. But we just. A reputable one, a good one, and, and tell them you want it, and just go to dudegrows.com and get a hold of us. No no worries there. Yeah, you get a hydro store to call me and uh, and get some recharge from us, man. That's an easy way for me to send you a free one, man, absolutely. All right, so his question, well, he's in week four into flowering, and so I guess he wants to figure out how at this point what he's going to add uh, organically to his regimen. I don't know. There's a lot of unknowns here, of course, but – Organic slash natural, because I don't always get hung up on just the straight organic. You know, I'd want it to be natural from the earth and stuff. But I would pick number one is going to be, yeah, you're, what's going on? You got to have a, before I even think about organic, your living soil. Is it kicking ass? You need something in there. Of course, we would prefer recharge. And then after that, you get into the shit, right? Literally, the shit. Like uh, guanos you're the talking guanos, about? Yeah, yeah. The guano, um, man, even uh, in I've seen some mixes that have the chicken manure more in veg, though. Sure. Um, yeah. Fish, 
that's not the shit really. That's just fish emulsions. Right. Which I, bl- I believe fish emulsions come from like fish. off the like the way. <laughs> yes. <laughs> comes from ground up fish, man. I thought it was like a byproduct of the fish industry, though. Maybe like after they process all the haddock at the factory for us, like the other parts are ground up and, and right. blended into a good fish emulsion. But the fish does definitely help with the dank. Then we got the worm, the worm shit, worm castings. Top I just notch. I just top dressed a bat to one. What are, they, what are they, 30 pound bags or something like that? Or the wiggle worm, worm castings? Yeah, and you can use those. You can keep top dressing mm-hmm. those throughout your grow. Yep. As well as these guanos. You can use the liquid guanos out there. So go for, obviously, a bloom guano if you want, you know, something in the bloom range, high NPK. You want the high P. What does the P stand for again? <laughs> Phosphorus. And I'm just okay. I'm seeing if you had Whoa. something funny off the tip of your tongue. No, nah, I got concerned for a second. K P O. Yes. No. You want there's there's usually like Peru Peruvian right. or you know Indonesian different types. Try and source a quality one. I prefer myself. I use uh, Root to Aurora Innovations. Has some guano mixes out there. Like sure. Four or five different types. A, a high end one or a High bloom one, phosphorus there, hey, Mr. Real. Let's not forget about Budswell, man. Yes, Budswell is pretty sweet, man. That's really a mix that's hard to burn with is what they like to uh, to push there. And it's got worm castings, guano, I think maybe glacial rock dust. I don't know. but I'm it's not sure. I, just, I think of it as a guano. The liquid Budswell I like. I got their powdered, but I really like the liquid better. I, figure, I feel like you get that mix down into the all over the root zone better than with just a top dress but yeah budswell is is nice and floralicious i used to want just as a simple noob product i used to use floralicious to bring out some flavor i was in deep water culture and couldn't get no flavor out of it and uh yeah, yeah. floralicious is a good additive right even hydro yeah like you said hydroponically mm-hmm. or in soil yeah it's pretty safe pretty stable stuff yeah we got to get that uh the rep out man we got uh Chris over at GH, I think that might come talk to us a little bit. He he, back in the day, he came into when I worked at the Hydro Shop, and he's like, "Let me go pull about eight products off the shelf and show you our Floralicious, which replaces all these." And he's like, "Granted, you know he's the rep, but he made some really good points." And yeah. Every time I have used Floralicious, it was Floralicious. <laughs> it's got a good smell to it too. I think it's B vitamin as well as, uh, of course, some kelp. Got to yeah. have kelp in there. I'm and sure a- it's got the humix. Probably fulvic. I sound horrible compared to what his description would be. We'll, we'll shout out. We'll get him on here. Uh, but, yeah, man, just start using all these things. In addition, if you have uh, base You don't have to use all of them. You can use some of them. I, w- I wouldn't start using one. all those things, man. That's too much to throw at it. Use them all lightly. <laughs> if I could do number a uh, number one thing, I'd pick a guano to add in flowering. And if you're already using base nutrients or synthetic base nutrients, then uh, lighten those up maybe by 20%, 25%. And use the guano sparingly. Learn how it works. Maybe a, a t- tablespoon per 10 gallons is a real light dose as far as top dressing it. And, yeah, and if you're growing in hydro, which cause we didn't, we weren't sure if you're not are or not, um, it can be tougher. It limits a lot of the products we just mentioned. Right. So First thing I would do is worry about your soil, man. Throw some recharge on there. Start building a living soil. You'll see. When I just changed that one variable, I grew a purple Urkel that, the guy that gave me the cut was like, what are you doing to this thing? And we're using the same can of A and B, but I just had recharge in there, man, and it does make a difference, man. I agree. So, yeah, in, in summary, um, yeah, find that hydro shop. Uh, I think Mr. Real already said earlier he'll send you out. Anybody that you know wants a free 8-ounce sent to a hydro shop where they shop, 
Hook it up. Let us know. Yeah, man. All right, number three. That's Trace. Trace, eh? Yeah, man. See, I'm combining uh, Spanish yes. and Canadian. Trace. <laughs> Trace, eh? All right. So, hey, dude and Scotty, I've been listening to your show since early spring when I popped my seeds for my third outdoor season. You had seven beautiful girls out of ten from an outdoor seed mix All right. BC Depot. I went to check on them this week, which I expected they wouldn't be done for another week or two, and had... He says, and I had some bitches cut my girls down. Damn. That being the theft, he's calling the bitches, not his plants. So <laughs> they probably got away with around 8 to 10 pounds. Jesus. Which, oh, my God. That's like I'd lose sleep for Let's a while. Let's have a moment sure. of silence for a minute, man, yes. for our friend out All right, there. ready? Okay. <laughs> said it was a horrible sight to see. I agree, man. I'm sorry to hear that. It says, unfortunately, I can't grow them in my backyard since he lives out in Missouri. So these, yeah, the Midwest is a whole another uh-huh. different animal. You still got some good old boys on those drug task force yeah. that just get a hard on for you for sure. That the devil weed. So these plants were twenty minutes out. He was out, you know, twenty minutes out in a row of pounds, kind of like a gorilla grow. Uh, which man, that would just make me. St- you you got to go into that. Just hope, assume you're going to get nothing, and then anything you get, it's a better day. Right. Because I mean, there's so much you can't control with a gorilla grow. <laughs> All right, he told you that he had to say, I'm going to start a little grow in his spare bedroom. Hell yeah. And I didn't know what kind of lighting I should use. I saw some promising videos of people getting some good smoke from their 8 lighter T5. I didn't know if this was foolish and I should just go to a 400 watt HPS. Also, I don't know if you think I need a can fan with a carbon filter. I live in a duplex. So here, let's. there's a couple more. Let's break this up. First off, lighting, right? So... For a personal grow, I've seen a guy grow under a uh, four-bulb, four-foot T5, which is 200 watts of T5 lighting. And only, like, the very top two and a half to three inches of the flower were worth it. Right. But they were worth it. You know, they're like little golf balls up there. So you can pull it off the T5. You really got to be on top of your pruning. Anything under the top three inches of your plant when you go into flowering get rid of yep there's not enough power there to uh you know to get down or penetrate the canopy at all um but man i mean i guess the 400 watt hps was what what you'd go with if you're versing that yeah you know t5 well yeah i was talking to him a little bit i actually been emailing him back and i said oh man you know how about a 315 ceramic mineral halide and he's right man 315 ceramic metal halide costs you 500 bucks man you yeah. know what I mean? You can go get a 400 HPS for, uh, you know, what, I don't know, 200 bucks? Well, it depends on his space. I mean, the 315, if he's in, like, a smaller closet, he's going to need good venting options. 315, you know, I burnt myself on touching the thing. Definitely is going to run, you know, not too hot, but it's it's not air-coolable. So you're going to have to have your space exhausted. It's, it's questionable, man. The 400, he said an 8-bulb. T5. I've seen, you know, eight bulb T5 at that point, you have the option. I'd run six veg bulbs and two bloom bulbs in flower, mix the spectrum a little. And I'll bet you could pull just as much off of that as a 400 watt uh, HPS. So, right. but uh, man, I, it's a tough call. If you need to handle, uh, if you need to handle the heat, I'd get an air cooled hood probably and run that 400 watt HPS because out of all of them, that would be out of an eight bulb T5 or a 315. If you can air cool that one, it's going to run the coolest. Yeah. If you're in a smaller enclosed space. And be careful if you're going into a spare bedroom 
and you're not going to use all of it and you only need you only have one 400 build yourself a little you know micro environment closed in area throw up a tent or get some poly and build uh, uh some framing just so you have a little more of a controlled environment see people put up like that one light in a big room and it's not that good typically for environmental control per se yeah it's true man you waste a lot of co2 if you're going to enrich it yes and you should be if you can enriching although some people just don't want to enrich with co2 actually uh hvac it's mean, exp- expensive if you're just you're trying to do a simple home grow this guy might benefit from just having a small you know say a six inch uh can fan just a, a regular old school can fan on a you know whatever a 30 pound filter going up through his light and then you know pushing up through his light yeah one fan out. does everything yeah so he's got his fan and he's got that thing is exchanging the air in his room and it's also cleaning the air out of the room yeah, see, I'm not a fan. I tell people, plan ahead. Don't start growing until you got your budget to grow, man. You're well, gonna have. Well, you just heard this guy's story, man. You know, he's got to, he's got to do it, man. And then you're always exhausting your room. Always exhausting your room gives you zero environmental control, which sucks. When you take the time to really plan it, I mean, and people do do that. I was actually to my uh, HVAC connection temperature need Todd's was at a grow the other day, and the guy has like. You know, I think 16 lights hung up or something, and he's got big-ass can fans and filters always ripping all the air out of the room through the hoods, so constantly exhausting that room or else the room gets too hot. Well, now that the winter's coming, he needs heat. The room's getting too cool because he's always exhausting it. So here, here is uh, the HVAC guy hooking up some heaters, but they're going to run all the time because any heat they create is always exhausted hooking out of the heaters. room. Yeah, I, it's, I think it's just a grow that has... Uh, might be a greenhouse style or something you know not everything's down in the basement chilling but yeah yeah but why wouldn't they just disconnect some of the air cooling i don't know but i'm just giving you an example of the inefficiency of constantly exhausting your sure room. yeah so it's it's not in the end it's it's looking at you save money that's like for example if you spend extra money to get an ultra fuel efficient car and you're going to drive that car for this amount of time it's going to pay for itself just like getting more yield from an in, in controlled environment room so that's what i say set yeah. it up right and hey, you'll get you'll get usable stuff don't get me wrong but i think you could do real well with and only spending a few hundred dollars on what two hundred dollars on a 400 watt uh hps light yeah full setup yeah full setup another 250 bucks for the can fan filter combo and what another few hundred bucks for a for a, a tent yeah you know so you're at six seven you know maybe 750 dollars and you got yourself a nice setup i mean and, and you're not going to have an odor problem and if you can go to a 600 please try because a 600 watt setup is not that much more than a 400 and that will give you a good three by three footprint. And yeah, you know you're right, especially if you're going to uh, be ripping the air out of there. Anyhow, you shouldn't have a heat problem with the 600. Yeah, and it just it works better. Um, and people that get worried about power, like you're not going to even in an apartment, like running a 600 isn't going to red red flag you. It's not. It's four point no five. I think it's five point eight amps. The 600 is and at one ten. Yeah, well, nobody's going to hook it up for 220 right. for one 600. Right. But then, I mean, I'd assume in most places your power bill is going to maybe go up 20 bucks or something. It's not going to be bad. Yeah, I would say it's the equivalent if you were running a little window unit air conditioner a lot. Yes, there you go. Yeah. He lives, so he was saying he lives in a duplex and he's uh, worried about odor. So, yes, be worried about odor, especially in uh, Midwest State. 
So you definitely want to hook up a can fan, can filter. I judge them by light. People ask what size do I need. So if you're running a 400, you want really good odor control, I would recommend a can 33 would be the product. Um, if you want something you can hang up that's a little bit lighter, like look into their can lights. Um, those work well. I forgot the, the actual, uh, but they're they're meant to be a thinner wall, lighter construction, so they can hang up easy. But like that can thirty three, I'd rather just you. get that can thirty three, man. Yeah, more carbon, more cleaning, but you know, more surface area in there. That used to be my trimming filter, the can thirty three. So yeah. I just set it out when I was trimming. But and then get uh, on top of that, whatever you like, man. Either a max six or a uh, you know a simple four inch inline. There's their old one that's I've had one for like 12 years now. That'll rock just an inline four inch, and you'll be good to go to air. I think you need a six inch, no? More than likely, yeah. If you're just scrubbing, you I think you can get away with a four inch on well, that what, one. I don't. Is he scrubbing? I think he should be exhausting. Say he's got a tent, and then he's got a 600 watt light in that tent. Air cool that bitch, but just only have one side hooked up. So all you're doing is pull. You're pulling air through 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 the hood. And from the tent. So you're constantly exhausting the air from the tent and scrubbing it. So what I, I mean, see, that's where I'd counter as well. Because what I would do, if, if this whole room is dedicated to growing, you can have, I agree, you should have a, ten, a tent or build a little controlled environment within that room. Well, why, would whole carbon, room, why would his whole room be dedicated to growing if he's only got to be like light. a three by three area? Yeah, okay, you know? you're right. So he's got one light. So he's got, let's say he's got his tent. And or his little poly build room if he's yeah, handy. He can put his drums in there, man. Yes. Have that carbon filter if you can. I would have it just sitting right outside in the room because you don't. If the tent stinks, who cares? You just don't want outside of the tent to stink because in a tent, real estate is ultra valuable sure. by the square inch. Yeah. And then figure out a way for sure to air cool your light. Meaning, if you have a window in that room, do a fake facade, which are like you pull the blinds down, you have the thing cracked, but then on the back side of it, you build out a box out of uh, car. I mean, you probably got to use some heavy duty cardboard, could work, but basically, what I'm saying is if you have a window, your blinds are down. The, the, the window's open, though, cracked a bit. Right. And then behind that, you put like a little. Uh, six or well, let's say a foot deep box to where you can pull air from continuously right. to run through your light and return your light there what, what you want to do is get your light on a closed circuit so then right there you have a, always a cool tent because your light's being air cooled from outside so in missouri in the middle of the winter this guy's this is, got his window yeah i agree it's not the stealthest uh-uh. you got to be <laughs> stealth with it it might be tricky in a, in a duplex i mean closed circuit is what i always called it for air cooling your lights is the way to go which means you're pulling ideally air from outside of the building and it's going back outside of the building at another location and then without a lot of bends if you can and that in a duplex that could be really tricky. yeah but we're overcomplicating it this guy's talking about a th- you know getting a light and growing his own stash you know i'm overcomplicating I mean? it yeah i know because i'm always trying to get the, like the, the the ultra environment which can be right. tough yeah I'm i mean that being said man maybe he should look at some of those I, I, they're going to be too expensive though i was like if you can't air cool your light properly because he's gonna have to exhaust regardless right if he's pulling through a carbon filter he's got to go out a window or somewhere uh-huh. you can't just exhaust that heat from that light into the same room over and over again it'll when, build up uh i don't know i mean you just leave a door open and it's gonna just dissipate True. you know i don't know Eat maybe your you're right you're right you might have to exhaust you maybe exchange it out of the room but you could probably have that going into a closet and going into the room next door true something like that 
This is where I. This is where LEDs kind of like trickle in the back of my mind. But no damn, way. they're expensive. No way, man. <laughs> I don't know, man. Hey guys, if you have had success with LEDs, let us know because Scotty Real is not a believer right now. And all I need to do is I need someone to show me some proof, man. So if you guys have been rocking the LEDs, we'd love to uh, love to talk to you. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I, I know there's Black Dog here in Colorado, but yeah. If you have been rocking the LEDs, send us some emails and pictures, and I want to hear about it. Hell yeah. All right. Again, the, the moral of that story is, God, it feels bad to get plants stolen outdoors. That's BS. Yeah, it is lame. But I think the moral of the story is for about 700 bucks, you can grow a lot of nice weed in an extra bedroom or a closet. I agree on the low end. But no, especially, I mean... In Missouri or Ohio or Kentucky or wherever you got to deal with the law and um, a dealer or whatever, like even if you build a badass like fifteen hundred dollar little area, it's gonna pay itself back quickly. Yep. yep. All right. Sinkle. All right. He says this is a about a, a four or five part question, so bear with me. He starts off first off. Sorry if this is long winded. No worries, man. He's a fellow reckon uh, medical user in in Washington. And he's been digging the show. Thank you. He's passed it on to uh, plenty of others in the area. We definitely have a bit of Washington listeners, so thanks, guys. Yeah, that's the biggest help, man. If you guys, you know, what can't donate, all cool, man. But help us out by letting some other people know, man. You guys know some other growers or some other tokers, man. Let them know. Dude definitely. grows. Definitely. Another, and there's a lot of parts to this. Um, so not that we're trying to just kill recharge today, but hey, listeners bringing it up. He says, well, starts with recharge. He was out of organism from Roots. Roots organism, if you guys don't know, is another bacterial type of blend product as well as mycorrhizal and whatnot. So he he was buying the recharge and hooked it up, and he was wondering about uh, the differences there. Hold on, let me scroll down a little here since it's long-winded. Um, where are we at? Where are we at? Okay, on the newts, on the newts. He says he currently used a scaled back and added uh, the Grand Master lineup from Advanced Nutrients. Oh, God, I don't want to throw up. Hey, it's the Grand Master. He says, which is not only expensive, but a decent hit to the pocket when I need more. I get good results, but I am looking for an easier alternative and have settled up on the toss-up of Dynagro or Can of Cocoa. So let's, let's stop there for a minute. So I agree, man. Get away from the grandmaster um advanced i used it shit maybe like 10 years ago a little bit but since then it's just been too much hype and hoopla and drama and yada well, they're, yada they're the kings of putting one thing in one bottle and making you know when you could have five or six in there if you really wanted yeah like we were just talking about floralicious how it, it represents six or seven products it's probably you could probably go pull six or seven advanced nutrient products Yes, he did have a few of those in the lineup. Yeah. So what do you either Dynagro or Can of Cocoa? I mean, Dynagro's great. They have the one part grow between Dynagro and Can of Cocoa. You're hands like down, can, of, can, of can of Cocoa, cocoa. man, <laughs> dude. I mean, you're talking Dynagro's cool, but it's you know super simple. It's just I, I don't know, man. Can of Cocoa's high tech, man. I'll take no. I'll take that. I. What about would you say that across all mediums? I mean, obviously, can of cocoa. You're growing in cocoa. Yeah, I, I haven't used all their products, but I can just say that any kind of salt buildup problem stopped for me when when I started using can of A and B. You know, and and good quality can of cocoa. Hell yeah, I'll take that. These motherfuckers need to sponsor my ass, man. <laughs> 
yeah, we'll, we'll we'll get on that. We don't take sponsors really, but we we will take some uh, some gear for our listeners. That's Mr. for sure. Mr. Canaman can buy my nutrients for me, man. There you go. <laughs> All right, so the pick there would be can of cocoa. I'll 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 go with the the same the same vote. Yeah, definitely. He says he does use cocoa and perlite. So um, and he says I heavily wash them, and he tries to reuse his media. Be careful with that. Uh, so I've been reusing my cocoa, no problems at all. Yeah, and he says he wants to know. Uh, I'll save you the details and how I plan to use it. But uh, he was talking uh, Protec, Kalen, Magpro, Grow More Seaweed, Jumpstart, Avalanche, Biozyme, also Recharge, some Liquid Kelp. Man, you're you're mentioning all kinds of good yeah, stuff for sure. Yeah, but some of it's duplicitous. Though. It is. It is. He's like, this should get me m- my meat and potatoes. It is a little too much for just. Just your meat and potatoes. Yeah, your meat and potatoes is your N, P, and K, man. That's your can of A and can of B. That's your meat and potatoes. And, yeah, I'm a, growers got to remember with a good base nutrient, you can you you can usually get by. That'll grow your whole crop from start to finish. So don't forget that. Like, you don't want to overdo it. Yeah, recharge and can of A and B will grow your whole crop from start to finish. You start. I would add some biocozyme from there as an enzyme. I would add some jumpstart foliar, you know, as as a tricantinol boost. Uh, jumpstart already has seaweed in it, as well as as uh, recharge has seaweed in it. So I would drop the seaweed. Uh, Protect is a good product, definitely. Calmag is a good product to use. Yeah, and he wants to know. The next part of his question is, you know, he wants he's he's contemplating using the can of cocoa base, but he wants to know what additives you'd recommend. I mean, I think we're being Duplicitous. Hell yeah! What's come on. Word? I tell you what. Let's let's mix a reservoir right now, man. We start with our Protec. We put in. I don't know, man. Maybe five mils. That's your silica. Yep. Yeah. So if he wants that, you know, or whatever, uh, we got that. Uh, didn't Jacob have a uh, silica as well? I believe so. Yep. So okay. So we start with our silica, silica of your choice. Absolutely. We put ten mils a can of A, ten mils a can of B. Uh, put a little bit of CalMag in there, maybe five mils per gallon of CalMag. We don't use that KLN unless we're just having a hard time getting clones to root, you know, but that KLN, can, that's just a cloning product. Uh, we don't need that seaweed because we're going to use seaweed in the, in the uh, uh, when we give them our once a week top dressing with recharge, that's got seaweed in it. And then we're going to use the seaweed foliar in the jumpstart. So jumpstart we're going to use as a foliar. Uh, biocozyme, of course, we're going to throw in there. What about four, three, maybe three mils per gallon biocozyme, and then avalanche when we're ready. The last last couple of weeks we'll use. So avalanche. what I don't like, I don't think you mentioned any, for me, any guanos in there. I'm not going to put them in my reservoir. I'm mixing a reservoir, brother. Well, when I water, <laughs> when I water in, that's. I mean, as of now, there's a few out there for sure. Like we mentioned, Budswell is a great additive for flavor and stuff. I've been rocking on and off the Soul Synthetics Grow and Bloom, which is a guano mix product that I've found to definitely give good results. So, um, yeah, keep that in mind as well. But, no, that was a good uh, a good regimen, dude. Yeah, sure. I guess kind of what I'm thinking is that that's, my, that's the base nutrient that I use every day. And then once a week I come in with Recharge, I come in with Kelp and Fish, you know, and and I'll I'll put those in and and water in with those. So I kind of give them, you know, a basic. You know, I've, don't forget I've got the octopots that feed from the bottom. So I've mm-hmm. got to keep a reservoir. 
So I keep that reservoir with the, with what I mentioned there, the steak and potatoes with some additives, and then I come give them a once a week treat of all the all the you know the the slimy organics. You know, instead of steak and potatoes, I'm just gonna use and then I got you know that's my chicken wings. So <laughs> that? Nice. That's my chicken wing nutrient right there. Right. All right. Let's see if I can uh, dissect the last part of his question here. It sounds like he's gonna have two rooms, roughly eight by eight, next to each other alternating nighttime so one room you know like flip-flop sure. one room's on yeah, for yeah. 12 hours one room's off for 12 hours the rooms currently don't have that great of ventilation Uh-oh. but he does have the option to seal them off pretty easy uh my short question is is it okay to seal off the rooms and since they are next to each other share environment as in temp humidity co2 and so on yes um the reason he asks is because he was thinking of getting two small four-inch exhaust fans and using them as a heat exchanger sort of setup. One pushing the air into one room, then the other returning the air back. It's still going to heat up way too fast. Man. Yeah. You've got to get legitimate cooling in there. He was saying he was thinking if he sucked the cooler lower air to the from the floor in nope. one room and kicked it over the next room, yeah, it's all going to catch up nope. quick, like you yeah, said. Yeah, yeah. We're talking 18,000 BTUs per bulb, man. Yeah, I mean, two rooms, basically. I mean, you want... Don't when, bother doing it unless you can start with a decent environment, man. Keep yeah, keep I each room needs its own environmental control system. I don't know about that. I disagree with that. I I run I've run flips all the time off circulating. I mean, don't forget, people don't have limitless uh, you know, money. So you can circulate that air and make one big environment out of it, but you have to cool that environment somehow with some kind of a mini split or even if it's just you know, for eight, li- you know, or four lights at a time. You think you could get away with one of those uh, hydro farm little mini, uh, hydro little hydro farm units? You know, I'm talking about those five hundred dollars. Mention exactly what his lighting, I guess, is going to be in here. Just two eight by eight rooms. So, I mean, so you could go up to uh, four lights four, each. I'm yeah. thinking a four light flip. For me, I'd say four six hundred. Some people like I'm maxing that bitch out four thousand watts, but that's like every square inch in there. Um, but I I would. Like, again, you're going to say people don't have limit. I would have one AC per room. I mean, I'd be rocking, yeah, a yeah, little. It's not the worst idea if you're talking those little ACs, but you yeah, can't. Yeah, they're 500 a pop. Sure. Over at Hydro Farm, and uh, they're recommended for only controlling environment for up to two air-cooled 1,000 watts. But uh, regardless, it's just I always hate pushing equipment. Like, it's well, those just things are disposable. Those things you oh, yeah. push until they die. Run you know, them for you, two years and it's going to quit. Yeah, you could get a mini split. You know, if you could get like a two or three ton mini split in there and run a, a four light flip, maybe put two lights in the middle. You know, if you can find a place for two lights as veg, all of a sudden you got yourself four lights a month. That's where you down, build man. like it's legit. Because for me, it's like when, okay, so the room that's off. Or the room that's on gets too hot, so the mini the air handler's in that room. No brainer. Turns on, cools off that room when the mini split when the sensor. So what when the other that room goes off, it has the AC in that room. So then the other room gets too hot, and it's gonna pull air from that room. You're saying from the room that's off, and it's gonna start cooling off the on room. I'm saying you gotta have like max twelves exchanging air through those rooms. But then you're fucking ripping with, it. I don't like it because you're messing with the night environment of the uh, room that's off. So, uh, it, yeah, I would for me, I would have uh, I would have a room in between 
where my air handler would be yeah. mounted. Yeah, a small, a small veg. Yeah, that's how you do a flip, and man, then, with a small veg in the middle, and that's where you put your air conditioner. And you're going to have to run that veg 24-7. Even if there's not even if, – even if you wanted to build a small room out of cardboard box sealed up well, I could care less. But when anything's needed from either room, it pulls from that room, and the AC will kick on. And the think about it. in that it's, third room, I think room, the pro- yeah. it's like the lung – per se, of those two 8 by 8 rooms. Make so, it a veg. If you're going to have two 8 by 8 bad, rooms, man, break one, break one of those up, you know, and put yourself a small veg in there, put your air conditioner in there, put your ductwork in there, and just exchange air into there. Yeah, and this question goes on to talk about how he'd run high CO2 during the day, but when the other room pulls from the other room, there's just too many. You just run hard. high CO2 all the time. I've done True. I've done these before. I've definitely done flips like this, you know, four light flips like this before. As long as you run a uh, maybe a two light veg in between them, with uh, uh, the CO two burner mounted there, running twenty four seven, and the lights there running twenty four seven, man, that shit's a factory, man. Factory definitely works because you're pulling every month. Yeah, every flips thir- can be freaking uh, pretty damn efficient. Yeah, you do a six, you know, a sixty day strain, and you're pulling from you know one room. You know, thir- and then thirty days later, you're pulling from the other room, and you've always got your veg feeding it. It's a beautiful it's like setup. The guy looking at, yeah, like what are the one of the the flip boxes out there I like is a Horty Control, Horty Flips. They got, I mean, you know, the ultra, not the ultra cheap guy, but the smart guys. Like first time his ballast shut off, he's like, you know what? Those ten ballasts could be running all the fucking time flowering shit and that's the purpose of and the flip it's probably better for the ballast to run all the time i think the the hardest thing on a ballast is turning off I mean, i'm sorry turning on rather gotcha interesting that's that's definitely how they sell the flips no i'm joking it's an <laughs> ultra efficient way to be pounding out flowers that's for sure all right let's take a break here on the dude grow show real quick we got more grow talk coming up as well as what's going on in our grows so Word up, and uh, we'll be right back, guys. Going to smoke a little bit more. You got one more of those J's over there, Scotty? Yeah. I got two joints, man. Holy shiz. I'm going to smoke two joints, homie. Grow talk, right? <laughs> yes, interesting, sir. Interesting. Yes, sir. They are delicious. I am digging these outdoor flavors that are coming through, homie. Word. All right, man. Well, we'll be right back, guys, with more Grow Talk. Dude yeah. grows. Yeah. Hey, y'all. It's Scotty Real here talking about Recharge. And if you don't know... Recharge is my shotgun blast of organic goodness that takes the guesswork out of growing great herb. What makes Recharge unlike any other product in the store is my soil biology. Each gram of Recharge has over 400 million CFU of living soil bacteria that act like billions of tiny little stomachs, voraciously eating and delivering nutrients to the plant, all nicely wrapped up in this delicious organic package. The results are serious dank flavor and crazy strong and vigorous plants. And if you don't believe me, just ask Courtney. Do this talk with this brother, yeah. He's just highlighting the good essence of Recharge. Now that's what I'm saying. So go on over to realgrowers.com and check out Recharge. You'll be glad you did. Want to score some pot? All right, guys. We're back into the grow talk. Into it. Yeah, we're getting into it, man. Are we going to spark that other other J, or is it it too early? Deal, man. Deal. Yeah, why don't you spark that while I narrate the question? uh, Yeah, there you go. I forgot we had uh, still half of one in the ashtray. Yeah, man. You don't just smoke a whole joint of this. All right, this gentleman, this listener, this grower... He has a six five-gallon bucket RDWC 
recirculating deep water cycle. It's really a system. Anyway. Um, culture. There you go. Culture, culture. He's got the clay pebbles, uses the tomato cages, the, th- the ones, you know, we've all been here they got the three circle rings and you can like drill holes in your your buckets and yeah they work good man um so then you attach them by drilling the three holes and shove the tomato cages down into your system and you should be good to go but he says he needs a 40 42 inch tall four loops to the top and he's seen metal ones but the but he wants to buy one with like a trellis something the top i just have a recommendation here because when you want to get the real deal tomato cages again this is where mr real will be like not everybody has a lot of money dude uh you want to go over burpee burpee is a uh agriculture home horticulture supply b-u-r-p-e-e just like p i'm in agreement with this one man go buy some they have good tomato cages they're the xl pro series cage okay it's 18 by 18 inch square yes they're 58 inches high and uh so man you will just they fit they fit i use them outdoors they'll fit over almost any deep water culture system bucket the current cultures your five gallons they'll support themselves right on the floor so they'll go over your buckets and sit right on the floor and give a whole bunch of awesome areas to uh to get them there are uh three cages will cost you 50 bucks so but these things will last you the lifetime of your grow They're super durable, so check it out. I think they have them on Amazon, too, or at B-U-R-P-E-E-Burpee.com. They got some badass tomato cages there. Man, I would take those, and then I would just poke holes in the in the bottom of the buckets, the deep water buckets. Like, I would use the water farm, so they already had some holes in there already. And I would bend the bottoms of them. So not only were they were a support, but it was a handle. So when I was really? doing... Yeah, when I was doing my flip... And I was going either either my flip or when I was harvesting them, you could pull up and you could pull them and hold them and walk with them and not it would actually have something that supported the plant so that you could drag them in from like veg to flowering and you could hold them by the by by the tomato cage and the tomato cage was secured into the bottom of the pot. Nice. So you could just move the whole thing as, as one unit. Yeah. Per se. I mean, there's nothing more heartbreaking, man, than taking a beautiful veg plant, trying to move it into flowering with some kind of a flip system that you got, and breaking that plant. I mean, just busting it, like ruining it. Jacking your flowers up, basically. I mean, they ain't even got flowers yet. I'm saying just moving it from, from veg, you know, like on a flip, you're moving shit from one room to another. Yeah. I mean, boom, and breaking that bitch. When I've seen get, it happen, man. It's nice to have, yeah, like you said, your plants all in one. Because you were saying, I don't know if you mentioned there, uh, when you need to get a plant out because of a problem or whatever, if you just need to, that's the one downfall and probably the only downfall of trellising when you have everything trellised together right. all in the canopy. If you have one plant that becomes the problematic, you know, this plant really wanted to get mildew or the bugs really like this, it's awesome to be able to get rid of that plant uh, full on. Before and, the infestation spreads to everything else, and it's awesome to be able to rotate plants too. Yeah, if you like, you mean if you have a higher light area in one area of the room, then even just exactly another plant, if you can rotate it a quarter turn every day, you're exposing different areas to light. I mean, man, that helps. Yeah, I agree with that. The I sun's agree. moving. A lot of work though. Most people don't like to move their shit around just because. Yeah, no, you're walking in there, you're watering it, you go, you know, you you take your. Uh, you know your pot and you just move it you know you, you you 
you rotate it a quarter turn. Pretty True. simple. True. As long as it's not all t- attached to everything, like when my flowers get heavy and I'm tying them off the hoods or anything I can right. on the ceiling. Well, that's why I like using those bamboo stakes. Those those things are legit. Aside from down the side, I like about, it about poking your eye out, man. Man, I have been nailed in the face by man. Right, some some dude did uh, write into us and was like, "Hey, it ain't no joke, man, and it ain't no joke." I, I'm I'm gonna go there and put some tape on the edges of mine, man. <laughs> put some nerf some nerf balls. I'm on playing the, the odds, damn it. All right, uh, but that works best for me. I mean, I've trellised before. I've bought tomato cages before, and. I find that it's best just to stick, you know, if you're growing a big monster, you stick 30 or 40 of these, uh, of, of these, you know, five or six foot. Now, do you do that right at the beginning? No, uh-uh, I do it as, as needed. needed. You know, I, as a matter of fact, just last night I was in my grow and I did like these three in flowering, about three weeks in the flowering and did, you know, three, three plants and worked awesome. You know, it's, it's fun, you know, and you're, you're zigzagging them across, you know, what happens is the center starts getting kind of hollow. So you're you're able to really do some innovative stuff. You're able to take a really tall top and bend it over so it's just going across maybe 10 inches, 12 inches from, from the, you know, the glass of yeah. your, your air-cooled glass, the bottom of the lamp. And you now you've just got a whole bunch of, you know, two, three gram buds that are just going to grow up from there, man. You know, instead of growing, instead of growing to be one bud that would just fill in, they're going to grow like a bunch of little trees growing up now. Yep, you'll get more flower out of one flower for sure. All right, All right I'm not saying absolutely, so. Good, what do you got? Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes, sir. All right, we're going to start pulling something better than that, like something out of Trailer Park Boys or I don't know. All right, next question, comment. Hey, dude, I want an AC unit in my bloom room, and he's trying to get some purple going on. What do you think of this unit? So the unit he sent me was basically, uh, I don't know, $230 unit out of uh, off Amazon or something. So no, no, and no with one of those <laughs> tubes coming out of the back of it. Yeah, and, man. And uh, not a good deal. I bought a really big one, like a 14,000 BTU. You know, I was really expecting it to be awesome, and it sucked. You know, I spent 500 bucks on one through, you know, through whatever. Some Lowe's. Uh, Home not, Depot, something I don't know. I think it was online. Those things but... will work great to keep like your office that creates no heat cool. But when we're in the grow room environment, that shit ain't that ain't happening. I don't even think the they work. Man. Like I think it overwhelms them and the compressor just stops turning on. <laughs> you know. So on the minimum with this, guys, if you're going to get AC into your room, the cheapest way I've done it successfully is a window unit with the back end of that window unit going outside of the building outside of the house you know sometimes you can get a window unit for like a couple hundred bucks and it'll be all right for a small grow yeah you know man sears i went time went went there and bought like i don't know man it was like an eighteen thousand or you know it was a bit no it was big man it was a twenty four thousand btu window unit so a two ton ac window unit man it was shit ran on 220 <laughs> but it was like 400 and something bucks it wasn't that bad man when you got to have the back side of those going out of the building i've mounted one in a basement before with the back side of it going into another grow space and it's like dude oh it's just heating this up like crazy yeah that definitely and and they won't work because what they all have is a high temperature shut off so the, uh, the compressor doesn't burn out and as soon as it just overheats it just shuts off and the compressor doesn't work and it doesn't cool so defeated the the cheapest one like we mentioned before i've been using that will work well is the hydro farm uh 
it's called the uh, portable AC. It's rated at 14,000 BTUs, but at most you should be using it to cool a room that has up to 2,000 in watts, air-cooled, three 600s, or two 1,000s per se. And that thing will get you at least, I mean, it's warranted for a year, so at least there you do have the option. If you bought it from your hydro store and they're a hydro farm dealer, um, they'll take care of you. Now, sometimes that might take longer than what's needed, which sucks about growing equipment at times. You're like, oh, great. I am in prime flowering and my AC broke. When, right. You know, it's not like you're having the service tech freaking come out and just get it going right away. Uh, so it's almost like equipment you either need money to have on backup to replace or whatever because you can't, if you're lying on it, have your AC bunk out. But you will get that year warranty. That thing runs like 550 I think, retail. And you should get at least a couple years out of it. Maybe three, but after that, it's definitely going to die. <laughs> Agreed. Uh, up from there, Agreed. the sky's the limit. So... Keep in mind, as usual, though, environmental control is, I mean, it's where it's at. That's where you are going to see. The quality increase, yeah, man. For sure, quality. Even as well anything, as... man. Control. The last word was control. Yes. It means if you want to control not getting bugs, you need environmental control. Like I always say, it ain't cheap mimicking or trying to mimic Mother Nature. You know, so that's like sometimes when I want to mimic a rainstorm up in my room and I just go in there with the hose and spray everything down. <laughs> So I was thinking about outdoor because the outdoor is just tasting so good, you know, and people are like, oh, well, I just grew it, you know, whatever. I just dug some, you know, used some compost from from whatever my compost pile and and just threw it out there and whatever. It just worked. Yeah, man. Think about the environmental, the environment you got there. You got the sun you're growing with. You couldn't have any other better, better setup than that as far as light goes. Yeah. Full on air movement. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, air movement is key, man. So, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty psyched with the outdoor, man. Hell yeah. <clears throat> That's what's coming up with what's going on in my grow, but we have another question here first. So, yeah, hook up a th- – save money for a good AC. Don't buy any of that shit with one tube from any hardware store, et cetera. Uh-uh. And, uh, Just won't work, man. Buy, buy a portable AC. And keep in mind, if you're going to buy a portable AC that has two tubes, you, you have to have each of those tubes accessing – air outside of your grow room environment hopefully air outside of the building um and also that being said when it gets cold enough out when it gets like below i'll say 20 like 25 or upper 20s that ac won't will will stop functioning properly because i'm pulling in air that cold and basically it uh will cool the sensors off in the ac so much that it it just yeah jacks it all up so a lot of environmental issues there anyway let's move on let's move on what you got man it's eight eight in spanish hey, ocho you know what i did want to add about the window unit though because i thought i was all smart when i bought that sears window unit and uh i commented on one on one of your videos regarding a mini split putting in a mini split for twenty eight hundred dollars or whatever and i was like yeah i just only spent four hundred and twenty dollars and got this two two ton window unit <laughs> and somebody immediately commented oh i had one of those too until somebody used it as an entryway to my grow room meaning, oh man yep meaning that it's really came you know, in through the AC. Yeah, you. So I'm sure you're driving. You see that big AC. It's a first off. It's a big clue. Second of all, it's pretty hard to secure that thing, man. So it's an entryway. You know, they push that hard enough, goes right. You know, it becomes a big two by four. Mount that securely. Lock it in via the inside. Yeah. So that was just a pretty damn good point for making a a, a buying a mini split, I should say. 
Yeah, one time I had this dude try to sneak in through the 12-inch exhaust. I'm just joking. <laughs> Squeezing through my flex duct. Yeah, man. That's why I don't use any other duct other than 12-inch, man. Any any bigger. <laughs> sneak right through there, man. Your big 12-inch duct. <laughs> All right. Ocho, number eight. What up, dude? It is uh, old Chuck out in Oregon. He's got a question. Hell yeah, man. I think only you One could answer. Favorites. You are Mr. Real. I'm using GH, a.k.a., if you don't know, General Hydroponics, Floro, Flora Duo. That's their two-part A and B formula. With the Cool Bloom Liquid, that's the GH's Bloom Booster, I believe we could call that. Yep, that's exactly what that is. Since, um, since he was he had switched from Fox Farm Powders to the Cool Bloom Liquid, he's getting yellowing in week four and five. And flowering. He noticed Fox Farm Open Sesame NPKs 54519. Wow. I guess that's all relevant though. Uh and the cool boom liquid is just 0-10-10. He wants to know if you were to add some of the uh, 511 fish that would be Gromores, but a lot of fish is braided around there, it sure. seems like. Uh during the first two weeks of flower. Just like he would have been using the open sesame for the first two weeks of flower, that correct his yellowing problem. Huh. I wonder why he's getting yellowing. I mean, is he completely cutting the nitrogen out of that flora duo? You figure that 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 they wouldn't cut every, all the nitrogen out in the first couple of weeks of flowering. Yeah, I don't know what their feed chart recommends. Yeah, me neither. Some, some definitely. I've seen this across the board with base nutrients. They can cut back your A or your grow, and there's different strains that are, are hungry at that time and i think that's a great idea to add the fish yeah I'll as well as foliar man when you're in week four and five of flowering i still am fine with you foliaring fish lightly keep in mind when you dilute fish for for a foliar spray you almost lose all like you get a little funkiness but when you open up a bottle of fish depending on the brand some more than others but when you dilute it out as a spray it's pretty much all gone right so I would do that. Throw some kelp in there, of course. So correct your nitrogen de- deficiency at that time in flowering by foliar spraying and definitely water it in. The fish brings the dank. Yeah, ag- agreed. So, definitely I mean, that agreed. Would be- but, you know, that Cool Bloom that he's talking about, the Cool Bloom liquid really is, is a different product. That's all, I think that's like a 0-10-10. I, I can't remember, but I, yeah, I, zero, I know. Yeah, 10 Yeah, I know that it's not the 0, you know, 50-30 that uh the the powders are cool bloom powder is that not though in relation to their just their concentration yes so i'm okay go ahead well i'm just i'm just saying that uh those you know the cool bloom powder is uh, is kind of the typical i would think that would compare with the the cha-ching and all those type of things no aren't those zero you know same uh zero fifty thirties yeah, I don't know the MPK on the Cool Boom pl- uh, powder off the top of my head. This I th- is I all think stuff it, dude does not use. Yeah, I, mean, I don't use it. Either. I used that stuff years ago, and they used to call it a ripener that you'd use it back in the 90s. They would recommend Cool Bloom powder at the very See, end to ripen have, shit up, man. A ripener is the plant, man. You don't need to buy a ripener. Well, no, these people were it. overdosing it on, on the Cool Bloom powder, and it would make everything... Kind of swell up I'm and, just and saying finish. It gets me like halfway fired up. Oh yeah, like, it was ridiculous, man. There's no, you know, ripener. You know what? What a ripener is, guys. Water. Use <laughs> water at the end of right? your, your flowering cycle, and your plants will ripen. Truth, man. Truth. Yeah, I'm not really into all them bloom boosters, man. That's the other thing. Some some growers. It reminds me when I say use just water. 
Maybe uh, you guys out there, it's worth it to get, depending on where you're growing, a water test. I mean, this is the base of everything, right, for your plant, not the nutrients. If you invest in, I don't, I'm not a huge fan of ROs, but if you have shitty water, I am. I don't think RO water is necessary. That would be reverse osmosis. Yeah, that's just stripped water right there, man. But H two O, the, the uh, dechlorinator could be even worth it, depending on your area. That will also pull some of your PPMs down. Like I saw dechlorinators taking water that was maybe at one eighty down to one twenty five, but it's not doing the job of an RO. But get a water test. Uh, usually, there's something you can either send in or through the city. I don't know. But start there. Don't forget, that's like the basis of everything you got going on. Yeah, agreed. Agreed, man. All right. I wanted to give a shout-out here before we got what's going on in our grows. We've been uh, we've been kicking the uh, donation thing around. We definitely got a few people that have shown some love. Yeah, much appreciated. And, yeah, I think, uh, man, we're figuring out a few different ways to give back here. We got our stash bag getting bigger and bigger thinking maybe of about doing uh some giveaways here once we reach a certain amount of donators or something we don't have it all on lockdown just yet no worries man we got a whole shitload of, a garage full of swag to give away though folks that show us some love so <laughs> we do appreciate that man garage i like it yeah mine's <clears throat> full oh i'll say then to, uh yeah thanks to megan don chemo eric wilfredo that makes yeah. alfredo yeah <laughs> that's cool man that is really cool and anthony thanks guys appreciate it donations coming in and now scotty has a full tank of gas to get to the studio <laughs> it ain't that bad brother <laughs> no that's good i love it i love it guys we're here we're here to stay and i appreciate it and that's what i wanted to say all right let's go to grow talk dude uh not grow talk sorry what's going on in our grows which is grow talk yeah i guess we're talking about growing yeah do you want to start it? I, I feel like I've been talking too much, Scotty. There, you got to pick up, pick it up. <laughs> yeah, man. All right. So, I'll tell you what's going on in my grow, man. I was battling some uh, spider mites. About you know, I have perpetual harvest and wasn't too bad. But we I haven't st- talked about mites in a while. Good timing. Yeah, man. And I started seeing some at the end of summer. It was getting a little bit hot anywhere where I didn't have really awesome circulation any still part of the plant you know and it was even just like at parts of the plant i would see little specks little little stippling which is is indicative of spider mites so i was using a a foliar of jacob's stuff uh what the hell is that easy wet se Uh yeah i would use that like smothering them out yeah just smothering them make them so they can't when that makes contact they they can't breathe I be, yeah, Clogs I believe it's like breathing a, holes. Yeah, yeah, it suff, uh, suffocates them. I look at it like me walking around, and then somebody comes up and sprays me down with like a heavy Crisco oil blend, and I <laughs> try to take a breath, and they just keep shoving it down my face. Kind of thing. <laughs> but I was sitting there, and and I remember I told you about it, and you know, me and the dude are very different different style growers, as to where I think I'm a I don't know guess a little bit more production minded and he's he's very very much into uh connoisseur that's a very very good way of putting it and he had said to me well you know if you got spider mites then kind of you deserve them you know what I mean until you get rid of them (laughs) meaning that what are you doing wrong you're obviously there's some things that you're doing wrong if you're getting spider mites I I mean when it's I I think I'll not so when you go in your room and you got fucking webbing on your flowers and like 
you got in yeah, I've have, never gotten to that period, or I should say, it has—it was never near that period, you know, or that that stage. But I did. I was able. Hey, this is what's growing on, man, in my grow. And what's growing on in my grow is that there was a lot of things that I wasn't doing as good as I could. I started thinking about what you, you, that you'd said. Oh yeah, well, I guess you kind of deserve them. You know, you get what you deserve in growing, and you do. If you have a an area that doesn't have good circulation. You're going to get something there. So you, you really, if you're going to play Mother Nature, you really got to do this job well. And so I made a list of probably six or seven things that I could do better in the room. I'm actually going to publish it as a blog over at DudeGrows.com. But, yeah, I mean, even so much as adding silica, I went out actually and bought a... Uh, what are those things called? Those big atomizers. Those crazy ones that looks like you can put out a fire with them. Um... Like a fogger, you mean? Yeah, fo- yeah fogger. But the, yeah, I used to have the Fogmaster Junior. I believe that a healthy foliar regimen is very important. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, and that was one of the things I slacked on. So I started uh, using a uh, much more of a like easy wet. And then I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna follow your advice with some so neem. You want the fogger? So you wait, I, I I lost it there for a second. You still have your Fogmaster Junior? No, I'm retiring that bitch. I still wow. have it, but because I went out and bought the, because that thing doesn't penetrate, man. You can sit there for ten minutes trying to get through a court with that thing. You get one of those big atomizers. You're literally, it's like a fire extinguisher, man. You're literally just dousing that plant, man. You're able to get through two gallons in five minutes. So. <laughs> But they're like turbo. They're super strong. Yeah, on the lowest speed, though, those things are awesome. And here's why. With that Fogmaster, you're mixing it up by the quart. I've got a room that takes more than a quart. So now I'm mixing two or three, you know, I'm messing with it two or three times. I want to. And what it did is it kept me from foliar. You know, I'd be like, oh, man, well, it's just eh, it's kind of late. I want to get out of here. And it was just an excuse not to do it. Yeah. Now, now for me to go there and take two gallons of, of, of nutrient, you know, make two gallons of nutrient or even a gallon, gallon and a half, and then just rip it, man. I mean, it's like it, the whole place just got fogged out, you know? <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. You can't tell me that doing that a couple times a week isn't amazing for these plants. And what happens is if you use some easy wet or some neem in there, you end up not having any kind of spider mite problem, not having any pest problems at all, man. Because a couple of times a week, you're fogging them with something that'll suffocate them if it touches them. I mean, as far as uh, using the foggers, I am a big fan. Uh, but it, neem and all, I don't know, some of them I thought might be sensitive to oily type stuff. So I'm, a, I'm still a fan of Azimax or any of those. There's definitely a few different concentrated uh, azadiractins out there. Right. But, uh, I mean, f- still, for me, it's Azimax. It's been around forever, and it shit's consistent, and it mixes well, and especially in a, a fogger and stuff. But be careful if it's one of the turbo ones. I had the one that I used to use outside. And it was like, if I had this in my indoor grow, I'd have to be careful. Like, is it so fine that the, there's not, like, mist going on your hood lenses or yes, like, super fine, so you don't even worry about getting, like, p- water particles on stuff? No, I ain't worried about it. <laughs> I know you're not in your jungle, your jungle grow room. <laughs> I like it though. You got to be consistent for sure. Yeah, I, man. And even using silica in the reservoir, I'm not going to give all, all all of them away. I probably came up with six or seven things that I'd started slacking on. You know, one was using silica in the reservoir. Yeah, you know? that's important. I love my analogy. If you guys haven't heard it, like silica is definitely not an end all 
But, I mean, when the mites or anything comes to eat on your leaves, it makes it more like probably eating some uh, real dry jerky instead of tender steak. You know, yeah. it makes it tough for them. Yeah. All right, so anything else going on your grow, or am I supposed to just take it away? Yeah, here? man, I've talked, I've talked enough, my friend. Reminds me, if there's one calendar you guys should keep, that is your pest control calendar. Mark when you sprayed, what you sprayed, and what you've done so you can look back. Right, So right. It's a really good way to do it. Hey, I, I will say one thing, man. I did uh, recycle some cocoa. I decided not to buy cocoa this time. I wanted to play around with recycling it. And, man, I'm just not having any problems with it. I, I took a little bit, about 10 15% earthworm castings, mixed them in with it, just took all the all the roots out of it or most of the roots out of it. There's probably still some fine roots in there. I didn't go all obsessive over it. And just repacked those octopots. And, man, I'm having great results. I mean, I think, yeah, using a biological additive that you are, of course, with the recharge as well as enzymes are two clutch things with reusing media. Did you rinse it out heavy? Uh, no. No, I didn't. I didn't think you would. <laughs> I mean, you got you to gotta see, right? And like, I just want to reuse this and not do much to it. To yeah. Make it worth reusing. Yeah. You know, I took it outside and put a you know big tarp down and banged them against a tree. There <laughs> you, know, you go. Separated all the, uh, all the cocoa from the roots. And uh, yeah, man, just refilled. All right. All right. Well, I'm going to tell you a little bit more about what's... I see. I always want to say what's growing on, man. We got to rename. We got too much grow adjective in that damn show. Oh, but they're adorable. <laughs> yes. This is what's going on in my grow. All right. The greenhouse planning, basically in summary, outdoor this year went pretty well. But, man, I struggle in my location. I start losing light due to the exposure here. And then I got to boost my plants up. And then I got to tend to them on a ladder. And I got shit 11, 12 feet in the sky. It's kind of crazy. So on the other side of my residence is a great area for a greenhouse that uh, I want to I want to get real with, man. I'll use your show name. I'm going to get real with the greenhouse, I think, and do uh, full-on foundation. Like I'm going to have that radiant heating. I, I try to do that in the foundation because nothing will be better than picturing my ladies just sitting on their warm bedding for the root zone and everything. Right. This is because most I'll be using this most actively for cannabis in the winter fall and winter when i'm trying to get those two cycles out when the light will work for them and then in the summer i'll probably i don't even know if i'll battle veg in it maybe i'll grow some uh greens or i don't know what in there but i'll probably get two crops a year out of it i want it to be uh really nice as far as i'm gonna mix in when i thought about this growers people like man you're gonna invest in that's gonna be a lot of money like maybe it's a 10 grand greenhouse i don't know how much does it cost to run lights over time? You know, I'm only going to plan on having two to three, probably 2,000 watts of bare bulb in here for cloudy days and or for extending the light cycle if I need to. Okay. But otherwise, I mean, most of the environmental control just be done by like some roof vents or if needed and thinking about, you know, what the kind of yields I'll get. I'm, I'm thinking that those 2,000 watts in that greenhouse will be equivalent to about, uh, I'll say uh, six lighter, 6,000 watts or something. Well, I mean, I don't know about that. You're saying because you're, the sun is supplementing sun, so yeah, much. Yeah, exactly, because the sun's kicking ass. And uh, more and more, I mean, it's, I love the indoor growing challenge, and I love the, the being able to have that perfect environment. No hail, perfect temperatures, everything's fabulous. Uh, and the, uh, this is in the indoor garden. But, uh, man, I'm excited to try and take it outdoors more i just think it'll be an investment that'll 
pay for itself and be very enjoyable. Not to mention, I just hate dealing with the weather in Colorado sometimes. But other times, it's great, man. This fall has been pretty good here. But other times, it's like, dear God, it's going to hail. It's going to do all kinds of crazy stuff. And we cannot, yeah, we cannot deal with that. So that's why I had to build the bamboo tiki polycarbonate hail roof this season. <laughs> I am so glad I got some video footage of that before it goes down, my friend. And it, I, you, it's, it hailed about three times with that. And I, whenever it hailed, I'd try. If I was home, I'd go out there and stand under it with the plants and just feel <laughs> proud. Yeah, it's pretty nice, oh, man. It looks yes. like something you would see in Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. Hell yeah, hell yeah. Maybe I should park some crazy vehicle under it when the plants are gone. <laughs> my trike monster machine yes. all right uh indoor uh really good just stoked we're about you know the fall harvest definitely keeps you busy so indoor has been a little bit neglected but i do have my genetics in line i have the citric the island sweet skunk as well as of course the uh vanilla kush from mr real yeah people love that vanilla kush a new show is coming on dudegrows.com it's called a day in the life of the vanilla kush <laughs> so i'm <laughs> nice. trying to take a video every time i tend to her just so people can see what i'm doing i don't even really have to give a reason why it's just cool to see every time what's going on with the plant um so i can't be watch that one man i know what happens man she <laughs> dies in the end Yes, you're right. She yeah, will man. die in the end. <laughs> That's, I, how long? You can keep mothers, man. I heard guys say that mothers from the 90s. It's like, dude, you can sure, have a mother yeah. for like 20 years? What? Maybe. Man, you got to be pretty damn good to do that. Yeah. Have a good run. Yeah, there's all kinds of tricks. I was here, like the root pruning and different tricks for training it back and like resetting it. And I don't know. Too much for me. Man, I, hate I wish I had this G13 from the 90s. Man. I hate my mom. Wait, what? All right. I haven't haven't kept a mother plant in a long time. That's a beauty of a a friendly state. There's always genetics flowing around, seeds to be had. Right. Things going on to where, uh, don't get me wrong, it's nice once you have good genetics, but I always like these variables to play with. I want to start root grafting or bud grafting, which is like in Florida, you can buy a fruit cocktail tree, which is like five different kinds of oranges. Gra- what, really? Gra- yeah, grafted Fruit onto like a, tree. they call it like the sour lemon. I know that's been tried with bud. I don't know if it's been successful. Yeah, so the sour lemon rootstock is like the hardiest rootstock. So they take that and they start grafting things to it. And I mean, it's not brain surgery. You know, I mean, people, it's it's done very commonly. So I like I'd like to see. You know, like a mother coming out with seven or eight or no, ten wait, different strains on it. That'd good be weed sick. grafted to a jalapeno plant. You get spicy bud <laughs> and, and peppers that get you high. I like it. Yeah, I mean, some things you can do that to, believe it or not. Oh, yeah. I love it. GMO, man. I'm all for it. Let's it's mess. not GMO, uh, man. It's just uh, hybridization, my friend, and grafting. Hybridization with the phenos and whatnot. Yeah. there's Hybridization and GMO are so different, man. All right, so I think we're about ready to put this one in the bag, man. Yeah, don't get me started, brother. Yeah, one thing <laughs> you guys have heard, we've added uh, some new some new uh, messages. I will not call them commercials. It's entertainment from Scotty Real and myself and Courtney from over at The Way They Grow. Speaking of Way to Grow, don't forget, go there, use Dude Grows, use my account. You will get the hookup guaranteed. You will not be disappointed, and if you are, let us know. Let us know. Dude, you Why should go not? check out that uh, the sprayer that they got there, that atomizer. It was well, where at? At Way to Grow. Yeah, it's 300 bucks, man. And is it backpack? 
It's not a backpack. It's got like a strap that goes over your shoulder, but okay. it's a two-gallon atomizer that, that they have. I thought that was like have. a couple hundred. It's 300? They're 300 bucks, okay. yeah. And, dude, those things are awesome, I man. think you have to at least legitimately be running a four-plus lights. Yeah, four or six lights. Yeah, you do. But once, you, once you're there. And don't turn it up onto the high setting. No, you got to put it on the lowest <laughs> setting. But on the lowest setting, the thing is, it's like literally making your room fog, man. So... Go check one of those Where's out, the man. Where's the videos, man? Where's the videos? Yeah, man. All right, I'll video it up, man. Yeah, you'll see that the the site is still in uh, early veg over there at dudegrows.com, but for what for being early veg, you'll like it. It's going to be uh, mature veg here <laughs> by the end of the month here. Yeah, we'll be, be adding we'll be... more videos, of course, more uh, audio, maybe some informative PDFs. That sounds pretty sophisticated. I ain't doing no PDF, man. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, give us a visit. Spread the word, guys. That's the best thing for us. Listener supported by awesome growers and tokers like you. And there is a rumor about some Verso pens coming in, maybe some vape pens coming in to yeah. uh, give back to donors as well. We're going to figure out how to keep it real. Keep the, the Dude Grows crew hanging for sure. Is that it? Can you Are you going to put it in the bag for me there, yo? Come on, man. Let's bag this shit up, man. Thanks, guys. Episode 47. What's that in Spanish? I don't know why I have a thing for this. I don't know, man. Is it 47? Sure. Yeah. I'll take it. All right. In the bag, guys. We'll be back. Talk to you all soon. All right. Dude grows. Yeah.